Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction before all the fun begins. If you can take a second right now, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously, battle the algorithmic overlords, and find more people to join us in this alchemy movie tent, guys. We appreciate all of you who've been doing that. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Make sure you go to our YouTube channel and subscribe, Film Alchemist. Uh, You can see video versions of these podcasts, along with a lot of other fun stuff we're cooking up over there. So make sure to be a subscriber so that when all the fun happens, you'll be first in line. Uh, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, and you can find us on all the social media sites that you're on. That's a great way to get a hold of us and let us know about movies you'd like to hear on the show. New, old, double features, theme for a month. If there's a dream guest host you'd like us to get a hold of, we want to know these things, guys. That helps us give you the show that you want and deserve. Um, so we do keep track of all of you that uh, get a hold of us. We thank you. We hear you. We're doing our best. Uh, So without further ado, today's very special episode. Today we will be discussing, at the behest of our dear friend, writer and director of I Trap the Devil, Josh Lobo. Now if you haven't bought and uh, watched I Trap the Devil, make sure you go do that right now too. We also covered uh, I Trap the Devil on Film Alchemist. You can find that episode in our back catalog. Josh is one of our nearest and dearest friends i absolutely love josh he's such an awesome guy and good friend of the show and he just kept championing this movie empty man and for many reasons me and a lot of other people just missed this movie because as you'll hear there was a long many steps on the road to getting the empty man to us in the version we even got and it's a fascinating one and the empty man itself um while i did resist is an absolutely amazing movie and probably one of the most fun horror movies I've watched in a couple years. It really is a stunning movie. So Josh was awesome enough to get us to uh, watch The Empty Man so we could discuss it here on the pod. But not only that, Josh was nice enough to bring a friend. Uh, Critic, writer, YouTuber extraordinaire Chris Stuckman. An amazing guy. He was so kind to make time for us. He's so funny and insightful. Um, Just a warm, awesome guy that we were lucky and fortunate to spend time with. He really added a lot to the show. So a huge thank you to Chris and Josh for joining us today. It means the world to us. And I'm sure you guys are going to love what they have to say about the empty man. So I have to issue a full throated spoiler alert. We're going all the way in. This is a long one. We really dig deep into the empty man and also let you guys know, you might hear a little microphone rustling um, throughout the show. We've done our best to make it sound as good as we can, and I think you're still going to love and enjoy this show. Um, So, without further ado, The Empty Man. It was so strange because I was like, I don't think I've seen that in almost any movie, let alone a horror movie since The Exorcist, right? That was like one of Friedkin's like big things is he's like, you need the stuff in Iraq. And they're like, we desperately want you to cut the shit. (laughs) And he's like, it gives you the otherworldly, you know, setup. But I when it cut, 
I couldn't believe it. I thought I was like a third of the way into the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it kind of blows my mind because um, like the movie essentially does everything it can to be a financial failure. <laughs> it, it, it literally, That's a bold like strategy. He's They're going out of their way to be a flop. Like they, yeah. they hired an actor who is very talented, but not like a Brad Pitt or something. You know, uh, two hour, 17 minute runtime, uh, 30 minute prologue with people who don't show up really for the rest of the movie for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, and, and, and very few answers. It's like, it's like he was, they just came together and said, let's make a movie that fails. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, like, I love that though. I love that. Yeah. I, that I, does I feel that. like the final days of Fox 20th century Fox's yeah. mantra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm it, happy it's... though. Like I'm happy that it stands out in that way. Like yes. I, I would prefer a movie that takes this many risks mm -hmm. than, than one that's like, well, we got this 90 minute perfect thing that ticks all the boxes, jump scare every 10 pages. <laughs> um, you know, we'll double our production budget and, you know, and, and you forget about it in a day. See, I, yeah. I, the, how I saw this and like, I really like, it, it's become something of like a personal journey to just like shove this towards as many people as I can. <laughs> like it's like what you're the goddamn receiver. Watch. You're the transmitter. <laughs> yeah, my 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 best friend, who's my the cinematographer for my movie, he texted me today and he's like, "I'm watching that fucking movie." He's like, "It better be good." I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "You're the only one I've ever heard talk about it." I'm like, "Yes, okay." I I I just remember I was at work and. You know, because because I live in Wyoming, and so the pandemic it's it's here, but it's a lot less like prevalent. Like there's like right, right now, you know, as in March, there's no mask mandates, everything's good. There's no active cases here. So in October, when this thing came out, you know, they were just sort of throwing shit at theaters. Like Tenet flopped, fucking Wonder Woman was pushed a million times, and this trailer came out, and the trailer Empty Man, people just started memeing it, like the Bye Bye Man. And uh, I watched the trailer and, and you can see the thing is, it's like a weird teenage horror movie, but there's like snippets from the Bu the Buhan stuff where it's like in the mountains and people falling off a cliff and you like watch that and you're like, that's weird. Like that doesn't <laughs> fit. And then I, I, I saw on, cause like it didn't come to my local theater. It came to the theater in Billings, Montana, which is like two and a half hours from me. And, and I just saw that the runtime was like two hours and 25 yeah. minutes. And, and, and I, I was just like, well, fuck, I gotta go see this. So I, I bring my group, my, <laughs> that's the exact so bring, opposite reaction. Yeah. of what I, did. I would yeah. not have had that reaction. Like, yeah. So I bring my girlfriend's little brothers who are both 16 and they're just, they're just sort of like willing to do whatever. They don't give a shit. They're just like, yeah, whatever. On Friday night, we drive in a fucking snowstorm, like to a different city Okay. in a pandemic wearing masks <laughs> and we go fucking watch this movie yeah as a joke as like it was like ironically to just like make fun of it and then it ended up being fucking awesome yeah and then and it, it ends like, and you're like i'm living the, the empty man i'm driving in <laughs> snow with cult member kids <laughs> i just spent like two months on twitter being like the empty man is great but like nobody could watch it because yes. it was dumped in theaters yeah. in the middle of a pandemic well so i kept like, reading you telling me how good it was and i was like <laughs> he usually doesn't steer me wrong and i would go to amazon and be like oof two hours and 17 minutes and i would immediately <laughs> <laughs> leave every single time and i think Chris, I think you mentioned this on Twitter, but I thought the same thing. I was so traumatized by having to sit through Bye Bye Man in the movie theater. <laughs> yes, sir. That might yeah. be 
like top four or five most angry I've ever been watching a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's I immediately just had Bye Bye Man flashbacks. Same, same. And Slender Man and all that. All the mans. <laughs> um, any any horror man, stuck man. <laughs> um, it's all it's all it's That's all right. a disaster. And so um, I I go and I look at at, uh, at Lobo's your your, your Twitter feed. I'm just gonna call you Lobo because because yes, that's cool. Um, and, and it's like empty man, empty man, empty man. Like, man, this this must be good. This must be. And it wasn't just you though that were. Rec- I would see other people who'd be like, hey man, you might actually like this. Um, it's weird and very strange and, and you might like, and so I, you finally texted me the other night, uh, at, at Lobo and you were just like, watch empty man. <laughs> you didn't even say that was it. Watch empty man. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So it was, it was great. It was like a day of reckoning. I swear to God. Cause like it had been in theaters. I felt like a fucking jackass. Cause I'm just like talking about this. There's like, like nobody <laughs> people. I know people in LA that haven't like left their house for six months. And here I'm like going to the theater. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like going to the theater as a joke to like meme some movie. <laughs> and, and so, it, so it like ends up being awesome. And, and, and of course Fox is just like, Disney's like, I don't give a shit. And they, and they don't even put it. It doesn't have a DVD. It doesn't have a Blu-ray. No. It just like it, they just dump it. They don't. It's not even on VOD, so nobody can watch this thing. And then like midway through January, January it drops, and it was like a fucking day of reckoning because I just I just started to see people watching it and being like, oh wow, this is dope. And it was like, fuck you, this is mine. Like get out of here. <laughs> you're oh, like wow. the kid with the punk band. You're like, I was gonna don't say you're right out of you're right out of the I listen to that band first. Wow, okay. <laughs> So yeah, Alex, can, what did you low, think of your first viewing? I, I forced you to watch it too, because I'm like, we're covering this. We got to I mean, get not loaded. Forced? You never force me to watch anything. <laughs> I watch things voluntarily because we do this show. Um, <laughs> it was weird. I texted you like probably about like after the like the prologues. Uh, like that's just an amazing thing to watch because again, like it's interesting. Not only does it completely change to like it's Missouri, right, where the movie takes place. Not yeah. only does it completely change from Bhutan to Missouri, but then it's like. 15 years later i was like whoa we are yeah i didn't realize that until the second time i watched it i was honestly like okay so we're just like way (laughs) like there's absolutely maybe we'll see that weird kid or you know whatever nope just immediately it's uh james badgedale the guy who plays um the main dude james la sombra he's so good he's such I texted Griffey and I was like, good. it's that guy who's like in everything and yet no one, he's like you said, he's not the Brad Pitt guy, but he's yeah. like, when you can't get Brad Pitt, he's the guy you hire. He's yeah, the under yeah. the radar guy. Yeah. Like there's an actor. He's also in World War Z with Brad Pitt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's an actor. Um, let me get his name right. He, he remind not at all visually, but just in the way he, okay. His name is Richard Schiff. Um, yep. he shows up in every fucking movie ever, <laughs> and, and, and he's amazing. always good. Now, uh, your, your your listeners can't see, but for you for you guys, it's, it's oh this. no, it's, to- it's Toby okay. from The West Wing. For those yeah. of you, who yeah, know. yeah, he's in, he's in Lost Lost World Seven. Lost World, yeah, he's, he's your whatever like, you want him to be. He's in all he's these in Man great of Steel. movies. He's Emil Hamilton in Man of Steel, and every time he shows up, it's like, oh, that guy, he's great. But you, but then he just leaves. He's the yeah. perfect under the radar, like incredibly talented actor. Absolutely. Yeah, he's like Josh Brolin, <laughs> but now Brolin's huge again. Like this is—it's weird when those guys are like too handsome, because yeah. most of the like 
it's that guy, right? They're just yeah. like, they look like normal people. So it's that Spielberg I, thing where you hire people that look like real people to be by your beautifuls. Guy. Right, yeah. I'm like, this guy's way too good looking to just be like the sad guy that humps neighbor ways. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I feel like he's he's eating in on the genre of like the character actor. I watched that, that Norman Reedus motorcycle show where he just basically is paid to go on vacation. And he takes uh, Josh Brolin in an episode to New Zealand. And so you got Norman Reedus, who's like not in a lot, but everyone loves him from Walking Dead. And Josh Brolin, who's arguably fucking awesome and in everything. And they're like walking around and, and people keep coming up and taking pictures with Norman Reedus, but they like ask Josh Brolin to take the pictures. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> no, like, Thanos, nobody get knows. over here, you purple yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what he should have done? I mean, he, like the guy asked him to take a photo. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> or he intentionally does it wrong. And he's like, you should have aimed for the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Bad picture. Yeah, there you go. But no, I mean, no. like, I, I don't know if this movie works, though, with a big star. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah, I, I think, think there's does, something about this you. movie that I found fascinating, which is I love movies that intentionally build in narrative armor where they can kind of fuck up as much as they want and be like, it's part of the game. Right. Because sure. when Steven Roots, he explains the children's game and he's like, if a child says his name enough, eventually it becomes gibberish. And then he does like this metaphysical shit and he's like, What's more real, the name or the gibberish? And I was like, oh, my God, he just backdoored every plot hole this movie could ever have. <laughs> but they do this really cool thing that throughout, and I didn't notice it as much in the prologue, because it takes a while to reset from that. Because I thought that, I was like, man, that on its own is one of the best horror movies I've seen in years. But they do this weird repetition thing with him. Like whenever anyone asks him to write on a paper, right? And he starts tapping the pencil, you know, or the, the repetition with the pills. Yeah. So and I was like, and, yeah, it's one yeah. of those things. I was like, I feel like they're doing some weird mind control stuff so early in the movie that you just feel wildly uncomfortable the whole time. But I, I thought that was a brilliant escape patch they built in. Quickly for like any of your listeners who have not seen this movie. One, you should watch the fucking movie. But like <laughs> this movie Also, if you're is... listening to this pod without watching the movie, like, <laughs> watch the movie first. Like we're going to spoil it. So yeah, watch the movie. It it. And and it's something I didn't really notice. And like Chris, you're you're I, I watch your video and I, I even watched it again before coming to do this because there was something that you noticed that I didn't. Where it was like there, there's a lot of like visual motifs, like in the beginning in the Buhan, where like the the creature had his like fingers interlocked, yeah. and then mm-hmm. later on James has his finger interlocked. Mm-hmm. Like it's something I didn't I never I didn't catch on to. And then I rewatched it and it's like, it's like every fucking five minutes, there is something, some callback to like four. And it just is the whole thing. Like, and I, I I don't know. I just think this is like what on paper would be like the perfect studio. It reminds me of the ring. Yeah, sure. No, there's definitely, I mean, it's the ring is a good comp for like the days, um, you know, the the creepy phone calls and mm-hmm. it's like a very, it's a very heavy phone ringing sound when, whenever their phone yes. rings, you know, it's like that heavy sounds metal, sounds metallic mm-hmm. when the phone rings. Um, yeah, no, the ring is a good comp cure for wellness, like just films that are hard and cure for wellness was also a 20th century Fox movie. Apparently there were some people who worked at Fox that actually gave a shit about weird movies like this, and financing. <laughs> you know, uh, which is, which is great. I, this just doesn't happen. The first time yeah, no. director getting this kind of money 
to, to make a film so outside of the, the norm for what an audience would, would normally see. See, it's funny how Josh, you mentioned your experience of discovering it uh, and that it was two and a half hours long. And I saw that and I actually, somehow in my head, I, I filed it as 20th Century Fox sold and then they stopped working on it. Like I, in my head, I just thought, <laughs> they stopped editing it. I just thought that. And I had no well, that's idea. Not, that that's not untrue. That's it's a fascinating no, way no, to I think know. of this movie. <laughs> I, 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 there's an interesting great, theory right there. There's a great, um, there's a great podcast interview uh, where, with a place called Secret Handshake where he talked about how that was his cut. Like he, he, he had cut the movie. That's how he liked it. And I just thought, oh, well, they just ran out of money and they just stopped cutting it and they just put it out in theaters. I don't know if someone wrote he that did. on Twitter or somewhere. Okay, so that, that uh, did happen. Quickly, yeah, yeah. He did another interview. I want to say it's maybe Film School Rejects where like he basically said that because they made the movie in, in Cape Town in South Africa, that like to get that tax credit and to the get that money. Credit, yeah. yeah, they had like, you know, he was editing it and he sort of was like, it's going to be a two hour movie. But like they basically at the end of the kind of editing cycle, their producers called and were like, fuck, we need to finish this in the next like week to get to, <laughs> you know, to, to basically not lose all this money for the South African Film Commission. So he's like, there's probably about five or six minutes in there that he would have cut before. Okay. But this is really like, which there is stuff where like normally, you you know, someone's like, we got to go. You don't you you cut from there. You don't show them like walking you, out of the you house. Cut the conversation ending. You you yes. cut the conversation yeah. enders. Yeah. And you could tell in this where they're like, we got to get out of here, and then they like walk to the door, and and I it's like stuff like <laughs> <laughs> it's like stuff like that where I'm like, okay, you know, there that it was maybe... the one, but they they like the weirdness of that kind of works for this movie. Like I like the one where she goes in for the kiss, and it's like boundaries, and this is before we know all the way what happened. And it feels like it takes her two minutes to like hang her head and walk in shame out the front door. And you're just like, damn, he is going in on this neighbor. <laughs> like she just got shut down. Her daughter's in like a murder cult. And he's like, you walk slow to the front door. <laughs> like walks outside of his house. And he's like, why is Will Byers from Stranger Things in my backyard? Exactly. Right. Well, dude, okay. Yeah, that was something I love watching these movies with my wife because she just gets really hooked on like the weirdest shit. So her two things was that haircut, and she's like, "You can't trust someone with that haircut. That's it's not a haircut. Though. It's kind of hot. Like it's, it's not like that. It that is like, no. Dude, well, well, this is like this is what me and my wife settled on. It's the kind of thing when someone's <laughs> too attractive, right? They're like, I know how hot I am, and they intentionally try to kneecap themselves yeah. so they can <laughs> like, like still be hotter than you and feel like they've done something non-genetic. Yeah. But that, and then my wife made us pause the movie, and we were googling whatever the fuck that antidepressant was in the pill bottle <laughs> for like 15 minutes. Cause she's like, I know this is the whole movie. I'm like, I don't think so. There was a skeleton man <laughs> in a cave. I don't think the pharmacy's going to crack it, but it is funny to see in these movies, what she gets stuck on. And especially a movie like this, where they have so many absurd, just cutaways, like really close ups on things, which usually, you know, I was like, Oh, this is like a Chekhov's, you know, antidepressant prescription what's the secret i thought that was going to be like how he was getting tricked or whatever with the blue pill but it's not it just fucking hangs there and you're like why are they doing this to me with every other fucking shot but then by the end of the movie again it gets back to that game of i think they're constantly just fucking nagging us the whole movie and it really works to hammer that ending home you can't just take 
an actress and put her in that haircut and put her in that <laughs> white <laughs> and you <laughs> you can't put her in that white baby doll dress with latex gloves and tell me that that's not you that's like i am learning I, I, so much about uh, you there's a lot of reveals <laughs> on this one <laughs> i am just like shit this lady this lady is you know wearing a cute dress and has gloves with a 80s stranger things haircut and she's like cutting this paraplegic guy's beard and i'm just like i am really turned on i have no idea well, why. if you ever give up porn you should get audition for sure that'd be right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> but no i just say i but immediately i knew i was like that lady is untrustworthy as soon as i saw that hair and they did the great i love the opening shots where like you first see the character i love yeah. when movies do that really well and the first time we see her is in the the literal cesspool of this you know alcoholic chain smoking cops backyard is we see her reflected in the cesspool and i was like oh that's not good and then i saw the hair and i was like i fucking knew it it's always the haircut always the haircut (laughs) bowl cuts are the most revealing or just the most one of the most revealing motifs (laughs) in horror movies it's just like if that's a bad haircut that person is fucked up i agree without question I agree. But see, for me, it was I, I got that feeling when uh, when she uh, when she starts uh, spouting metaphysical shit and telling him that he doesn't yeah. exist and nothing exists. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah. Cult- yeah. Anytime anybody gets culty in a movie, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. P- P- well, P- and that was something that was something that like it took me. I'll be honest, like it took me till pretty much when Steven Root shows up, like when they start dealing with like the what is it? Pontifex or something like that. Yeah, Pontifex Institute. When they started dealing with that, that is like honestly when I like kind of perked up because I texted Griffey in the middle of watching this. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like this seems <laughs> like it's gonna go nowhere, honestly. And it goes everywhere. And that shit popped up, and I'm like, all right, now I'm in. Cause that that's the kind of thing like whenever like cults are always gonna grab me. And yes, like even in my notes, I'm like, bowl cuts, cults, and all kinds of weird <laughs> shit like that. It's all coming always gonna pull me back in. in. So honestly, like from like from that moment on, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Like I am fully invested. Like Bhutan was amazing, but now I'm like in this shit. I That's probably what I just, Pryor said to 20th Century Fox to get it funded. He's like, there's gonna be bowl cuts and cults, man. Bowl cuts money. and cults. What else do you need? He's like, everyone Sorry, be prepared to get more? rock hard. I've Is got there a more of a pitch you need, or are you rock hard now? <laughs> It uh, felt we like we have bowl cuts, we have Colts, and we have B grade stars. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle in some Stephen Root for the diehards. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh Stephen Root, which is they wanted to cut so that great. scene. They wanted to cut that. That's whole the scene. one they wanted to cut. That's like my what favorite the scene fuck? in the movie. They I liked him, him and I liked the old uh, police captain who does his. You can't indict the cosmos, goddammit. And I was like, God, you that's know, such a badass you, cop you, moment. You want to know, I really quick, Josh, you had something you wanted to say, but I have like a, in regards to that policeman, I have a, a whole go, deep go. thought that went on, but okay. So <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at this police officer. I'm like, I know this man. I know him from something. I know him from something. So I start, I, I realized he is the cop in Home Alone 2 that uh, Catherine O'Hara is like, if you, if your children were lost in New York, what would you be doing? He's like, I'd probably be doing the same thing you're doing. Uh, that guy is literally <laughs> the cop in Home Alone 2 and now, so I'm like how did this connection happen was it just an audition did he just say I look through um, <laughs> I look through did I David Pryor direct Home Alone, Alone 2 <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it was this, the DP 
uh, was like a B camera on Home Alone 2. I'm not. <laughs> wow. Yes. I swear to God. I swear to fucking God. Awesome. And I'm like, so, so, the, so the DP was like, I know a guy. He plays a great cop. <laughs> And, and they just, they got him for Fear Empty Man. I guarantee that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop, you got to hear a first. cop in anything? I swear What's to God, that? he's a cop in everything. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I didn't look at any like James, James Badge Dale, man, he's a cop in everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a good cop, he's he's great, man. I just I just rewatched Stand Off at Sparrow Creek. I was like, yep, here's a cop. Like He was really good in that movie. Yeah. There's so, a, but that's I, what I mean. All the performances are just so good. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those um, it's it's the weird movie where again this gets back to your point where it's just like nothing in this movie makes any sense on paper but, no you know what i mean well n- not even narratively just like how the fuck did they just like they didn't get anyone for like to come in for a day and play that cop like that seems like the biggest gimme of all time but it works really well i don't know yeah mary I, ireland is also amazing yeah. the uh the, the she was in the dark and the wicked also like she gave two yeah. really damn good performances last year mm-hmm. she's like amazing she's great it i i watched those like 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 a week apart and was like man this lady had like a very like tough year of making <laughs> movies <laughs> someone get her some goddamn chocolates <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude that was me after i watched the dark and the wicked i was like i'm willing to go into a diabetic coma to just have like a dessert yeah. <laughs> what a just unrelentingly brutal experience. At least the empty My, man has some like teenagers getting attacked. The best part about the teenagers though is that like all of those kids, because this was shot a couple years ago, but like all of those kids individually have like blown up. So like there's the kid from from fucking Super Eight in there, and then the the one kid that's like, tell her about it. That's the that's the he's in it, and he's like uh, yeah. Harold in the stand. And it's just like, it's like this who's who of, of kind of modern teenage actors. And they just fucking in one false swoop, just kill them all. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, Except that scene though was should. so fucking awesome. It's like, oh. The bridge scene is amazing. That actually yeah. so caught good. me off guard because he did the, this is something I want to get to later. The, the infection protocol of the empty man. I don't think yeah. he's following his own rules, but <laughs> when he blows the whistle, right? They do that classic like clanging and he Ooh. hears a sound. In the thought that what that alpaca hipster or whatever heard in Bhutan is what he's hearing, but it's actually their dead bodies clanging against the underbridge. That fucking blew my mind. I was like, that's when I knew for sure. I was like, this movie's going to be my kind of thing. Like, that was the moment I locked in all the way. It was a great It's just edited so well. There's no jump scare. You know, he just, he just hops down there, looks, looks into the lens. And then, and, and the way they do like on a slider, they push the camera to the right. You're like, here's a body. Isn't that horrific? Actually, here's four. All of them. It's so great. It's so great. It's such great directing. The crazy part too is that when you watch the trailer and the trailer that everyone was dogging on, they're like, it's another one of these fucking teen horror movies. <laughs> the teen, the teen horror stuff in the movie is awesome. It's so yeah. well done. And it's yeah. like, if if the movie was just that stuff, I still think he would have kind of like nailed it. Like I think it would have mm-hmm. been because that shit was, I remember just thinking in the theater, I'm like, this is like spooky. And I think it's because those kids are it just the characters are kind of self-aware like they're all kind of assholes but they're like sort of aware of like themselves and like what they're doing like they're like dogging mm-hmm. on each other and you know and yeah it's and it, i it, have it, like this i'm sorry go ahead you're good you're good you're good i have this thing where like if a character experienced something 
and they feel dread about it and they're telling someone else about the experience and then we see what they're talking about that always gets me and and so 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 her the, the one the one girl coming to james badgedale and then being like here's what happened and then she and, and and before she tells her story she looks out her passenger window and you see for like two frames yeah the empty man just go like like really quickly like up above the frame and it's terrifying it's fucking terrifying and then you know you can tell that she's really scared about something and whenever a character you can like see that something traumatizing has happened to this person and you just want to know what and so when when they when they cut to the past and you see this whole thing play out it's really exciting like it's it's just a great in to to the whole like the trailer scene you know like that scene is made for the fucking trailer so like but it's um it's so much better than that yeah I don't, I don't necessarily, like, even as you say that, like, I don't necessarily understand, and I've kind of given it a pass just because I love everything else about the movie, but, like, I guess I don't really understand, like, the empty man, per se, because at <laughs> about three-fourths of the way through the movie, like, the entity goes away, and, and, it, and like, the, the title and the entity become something else, mm-hmm. and so, like, thinking back to those early scenes, like, when quick digression there this movie is like one of two weird movies where i've seen where they've introduced a high school character and then just like immediately showed them nude you know right which i thought was weird <laughs> like i thought i thought that was like is this this girl's bathroom she is so rich my god oh yeah you know what i thought that was i thought that was her fucking 30 coins i was like (laughs) this bitch saw the empty man and it's like i'll sell him out to bonifet i thought for sure she had cashed in and I was like, look it's, at her living large. And then immediately I was like, oh, wait, fuck. <laughs> it's, the, it's such a weird moment, though, because, like, it keeps setting up that this girl's in high school. And then just, like, you see her, like, full frontal naked. And I was like, I mean, I know the actress is 18, but it feels like I'm like, ugh. Did you see Come Come True? I did. I actually just watched that. It does the same thing where it's like, yeah. the guy's like, she's like, I'm 18. And then, like, the next scene they're fucking is just I like... know. I thought it was weird, too. I, I, I actually it thought is. that was weird as fuck. They said, really quick, come true aside, little aside to our podcast. Yeah. Like, this dude is set up as a major stalker with a beard looking like a Daniel Radcliffe looking guy. And, He's like 30. Uh, yeah, and, he, and he's just, like, stalking this 18-year-old girl, watching her dreams, and then all of a sudden, like, she finds out that they're stalking, and then they have sex, and it's weird. I don't understand. Does she have <laughs> no, a bowl I cut? mean, mo- uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> she's got a bowl Moments cut. before, though, she's like, he's like, oh, aren't you, I, I don't know, I, this, is, this isn't exactly, but he, the guy's like, oh, you know, it's... Uh, don't you aren't your parents gonna be worried about you and he's just like it's okay i'm 18 or something and then they're fucking and it's like they were like confirming it on text like yeah (laughs) Uh, but like the empty man nobody wants an alan versus pharaoh sequel that's all oh no no i mean this is a worse version of that but yeah i just saw the night porter for the first time last week oh my god oh man talk about the most problematic shit i've ever like they really were like checking the box of like what's all the things no one wants to see no but i think to your point i bought that on criterion on accident me too too. me too but neither here nor there we definitely don't need to talk about solo (laughs) it makes you feel like a true empty man I think your point about the empty man is really fascinating, right? Because that's what I was saying. Like, when you compare this to the ring, I was like, that's a really fun example. Because the ring is so doggedly tied to what she is, right? You get the call, you have seven days, and then that's kind of the reveal at the end, right? Oh, you thought you got out? No, you fucking didn't. Day seven, hammer. 
this one is so much looser than that right mm-hmm. and with it because it kind of plays in two lanes right which is the first time we see that the empty man right is this cloaked figure they immediately cut to the two friends pounding on the door and so you're like oh so now the empty man's this kind of theater of the mind whatever you want to see right he whispered into her ear and now she's seeing this cloaked figure but it's really just her imagination yeah. and when they i think her name's deidre right the the judas who sold him out and killed her own dog and stabs herself in the no, face right she didn't kill her own dog it was the girl that goes she's the blonde girl who's like this aren't you a child she has a one line and that she's the one that killed her own dog she killed her i hate her yeah. even more now Where's that's that something i could remove from? i know twitter wants to ban sex scenes in movies i don't ever want to see another dead dog in a fucking horror movie yeah. for the rest <laughs> of my life but any but so when they did that right and she's like getting attacked by the empty man in the steam I was kind of like, eh, it's, all right, this is getting a little bit to your point. Like, this is the, oh, we need the jump scare moment. But when they do that cutaway, like medium shot, and she's choking herself, stabbing herself, stabbing yeah. herself, I got this like ice water chill down to my core. But I was like, oh I my also, God. I also Dude, love like the perfectly framed uh scissors like in the center like yes. going, it's like a perfect in the center it almost looked like a robotic arm it's like, like de, making it de perfect. palma just ching yeah. ching yeah it's yeah. like a yala really incredible yeah and then that's that gets into this because then they find her and it's like someone wrote the empty man message and it's like so is this theater of the mind where people are just going psychotic right and the empty man's kind of unlocking the pandora's box in us Right. And we can't handle it and hurt ourselves. Or is he like, because then when they cut to Pontifex Institute, you're like, so there's a lot of motherfuckers who've been blowing on whistles that are too important because they're part of the vertical marketing scheme that like they can't get <laughs> empty man. Right. So they got to have more than three days. So I was like, this dude, this empty man really understands how to like brand himself in the alternate. But then you get, then you get the cop, the cop from Home Alone 2, who's like, <laughs> like that that's how we'll refer to him now. The derelict cop from Home Alone 2. Yeah. Home Alone 2. <laughs> he has like a, he has like a moment where he's talking to James Badge Dale and he's like, two weeks ago, this woman fed her newborn baby to a stray right. pack of dogs and then like wrote the empty man. And it's like, so this is not just a, which is weird because ultimately the story completely revolves around James Badge Dale. But, but then like, if you take what that guy was saying, there's like another aside. So this thing is operating on like tons of people. So it's like, it's just a very expansive movie. Like, and right. it just keeps getting fucking bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. The, the best that I can kind of come up with is, is that it seems as if every once in a while, or at least, what they're doing right now, obviously, is they're trying to do this, this make this tulpa, like a flesh and butt blood thing that mm-hmm. it's like a transmitter or a receiver for whatever their crazy ideas are. And that in some way, this is the, if the empty man is an actual entity, that it's almost like he is positioning the chess pieces on the board to get to the place where that happens. And, and yeah. if he has to have this happen to make this happen, it's, it's almost like fate is intertwined in, in a way as well. But the, the best part is that it's like, I could be completely talking out of my ass right now. And that's like, not what he's going for <laughs> at all. And, and there's like, I, I kind of like that ambiguity. Like I, I, I kind of am totally fine with the fact that I, that Josh might look at it differently, that you might look at it differently, you know, that, that it just, it, it doesn't need to always, at least for me, in the case when a movie is this well made with this many ideas, I'm kind of okay with like, 
you know, like at the ending of the thing, for instance, I don't really need to know if either of them are the thing. I'm, I'm kind of okay with them just sitting there drinking and then it just ends. Like it, I never care to know because the rest of it was so fucking cool. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like I, I imagine this movie is so strange because it feels like every 10 minutes the movie changes and it like sort of like switches genres and becomes something else, <laughs> That's so true. which like, which like on a script level, I could, I, I just imagine like reading coverage for a script and being like, Oh, this is a fucking disaster. Cause every, it just like keeps <laughs> switching. And yet he's so, and, and as a first time, first time director, it's just like, it blows my mind yeah. because it, it is, it feels very like you definitely, it feels like a Korean film and that, you know, it's, it definitely is sort of snaking through genres, but it feels very tonally of itself. The only thing that I, I didn't love was like, which honestly, like in theaters, I was like, oh, that's a reshoot to make it scarier is, is his, uh, uh, James's stuff at his house where like, he like wakes up in the middle of the night and like, the empty man runs at him and he's like, ooh, and like goes to hit it with a bat. It happens like three times. <laughs> Ghost! <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. How would you react? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't just, just lay there. Take me now. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd be oh, like, I'm good. Just Alex, what's your go-to underwear fighting a ghost move? <laughs> oh, I don't... For a long time, it was uh, actually for uh, we, Griffey and I have a buddy who used to give samurai swords for wedding gifts. And for a long time, I had a Hotori Hanzo hidden under my bed. Yeah. Specifically, if someone <laughs> broke into my house, I'd be like, no one wants to see like a fat guy run around with a samurai sword. Dude, I, I now, have my replica Kill Bill from Spencer's Gifts right here. Above. Now it's a now it's a lightsaber, and I'm like, yeah, that's even worse. So like, no one who broke into the house is be like, oh god, we gotta get out of this guy's. The empty man's just like, but this like, guy's so broken. I'm out. That stuff. It's interesting you say that it seems like a reshoot because that stuff to me is almost like that to me is the most generic horror I think yeah. I saw in this entire movie, and I agree. Like, it does sort of throw you off, but. To me, the thing that I loved the most about it in general was the fact that this, the direct, the first time director, he wrote it too, right? I think I did that yeah. as well. Yeah. Like to yeah. me, when you write something like this and direct it, like, because yes, it does shift genre a lot. Like there is a lot of changes here and there. The level of control required to know where you're at in your story. And especially once you're in the editing room and cutting this thing together is unparalleled madness like i could not do that especially like the ending you get to and once we start getting the metaphysics and stuff like that because i personally loved the transition out of what i would consider like a traditional like boogeyman type stuff because i yeah. agree I, I like that i personally like this omniscient concept of the empty like the fact that it's not a guy or yeah. a person is really wonderful to me I don't think, and I've always had a problem. I think that's probably why I don't like a lot of like man movies because <laughs> to me, like uh, other than Candyman, which is amazing, but like, it's sure, like yeah. the, granted, the problem yes. is I, I don't understand. Like if it's one guy, you're telling me like 50,000 people are doing the same shit at the same time. Like I like that he sort of, like I like that he sort of rewrote it halfway through saying like, this is more of a metaphysical property. The empty man has and the like birth of the flesh is like super Cronenbergy to me by the way yeah. like I got like fucking scanners and the brood vibes from this yeah. hardcore yeah yeah it he was loves, he that's loves the Cronenberg. kind of stuff that I'm just like this is very cool this is the shit that's up my alley I've been told yeah. through the 
grapevine that he and and so this this might I could be completely off base, but um, this could also be totally on the money. I've been told through the grapevine that he was originally supposed to direct the Bye Bye Man, and oh, but just here, here's here's the thing. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. I think I think the producers of the Bye Bye Man they had a, had sort of like a very you know we're gonna make this spooky man movie. And if you if you the Empty Man is based on a series of graphic novels, but they they have nothing to do with each other. And so from if I start to think about that, it, it leads me to believe that he had an idea for something mm-hmm. and he had all these pieces and ideas he wanted to and was sort of just looking for like a studio script to come in and graft them to. That makes and the bye bye man. Yeah, the bye bye man was like, OK, well, you know, I could do this. And they were like, no, we want the boogeyman movie. And I think Boom Studios from, you know, that, that podcast that uh, Chris was talking about from what it sounded like is boom studios were kind of like, you want you want to make this movie? And he was like, no, I like the title. I want to make my movie. Uh, <laughs> do you want to do that? And they were kind of like, all right, cool. Yeah. And so for all that this is based on, cause I, I, I read after, um, after I saw it, I read the first issue of the empty man and it's like, you know, people with shotguns in like a post-apocalyptic virus mm. world. And I was like, this is not even, they're not even similar. It's very, just, very it's, an, different. it's an original movie just with an IP name to get it made. It's weird too, that it became that. Cause I read the first issue after, actually, after I watched the movie, I read the first issue. I'm like, well, this is not it at all. And actually like, <laughs> Because Cullen Bunn is just an amazing horror comic writer, but it's also oh, yeah. like the worst kept secret in comics that Boom Studios is supposed to be basically just an IP farm. So yeah. it's interesting to me that this is the movie that The Empty Man is because it is an original movie. Like it has literally nothing to do with the comic book. <laughs> no. And it's crazy to me that Boom Studio, like, because I mean, and again, I don't, I mean, I don't remember seeing a lot of like based on the Boom Studios comic, but like, <laughs> Yeah. it's just it's oh you just don't watch and, movies huh you and it's blood? weird it's weird to me that boom studios would be okay with it given that they are so like they literally just almost repeatedly make comics to be turned into other stuff like yeah they buy like they bought i think the power rangers stuff specifically mm-hmm. to just reignite the franchise and like that's something that boom studios is kind of known in comics for doing so it's crazy to me that and it, i love it too this guy kind of got away with murder almost yeah. And that he literally just wrote his own movie and slapped something, something, a different character, a different name on it. You could yeah. name this movie anything and I would not but have known it was a comic book. That's the difference though, it. right? It's like something like The Empty Man, like you couldn't, I don't think he could have made a movie as good out of The Bye Bye Man, right? Because no. The Bye Bye right. Man at its very core, trying to be as generous as I can is, is just a small idea, right? It's don't yeah. say this one thing or else you know hillbilly ghost bye-byes you right that's all it is the moment i saw right so the monks drive past the the hikers and they're kind of giving them the side eye and you're like whatever white hikers like maybe that's just how it is and he he's called onto this bridge and he falls down this hole and without knowing why next thing we know he's sitting cross-legged and the moment i saw that skeletal kind of indian deity right with all the arms just the image of that skeleton, right? And what it says about what this fucking thing might be. So I was like, so is this an actual physical entity that came through and just got caught halfway and that's why it's congealed into the wall? Did this thing just be like, I don't have to move? Is this an enlarged, grotesque like collection of humans? 
and that's the difference between this movie and the Bye Bye Man. Just seeing that fucking skeleton, I had like 50 ideas of what that could be. And that's way yeah. fucking scarier than Same. don't say this word. Yeah, exactly. It's about it's igniting your imagination. It, it's it's making you the scariest stuff is always going to be what you make up. You know, it's, it's not necessarily what you see. You know, it's what you don't see. It's what you fill in the gap. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, the cliche go to is Jaws. People always talk about mm-hmm. Jaws. You know, when Chrissy's being eaten alive in the beginning, you don't see her bones breaking, but you you imagine that. And, and it just you fill in the gaps with your with your head. Most of my favorite horror movies are movies that that don't have anything overtly in your face scary. And, and I, I recently rewatched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre last year and I had forgotten kind of about it. And I was just thinking like, oh, it's just this really gory movie. It's, it's almost not. It's almost yeah. It's almost PG-13. It, it's just that it's so grotesque that it got mm. that R. But like, you don't really see too much Texas Chainsaw Massacring <laughs> in that movie. A lot of Texas Chainsaw <laughs> but, running, right? Yeah, yeah a lot of yes. but <laughs> it's Texas really Chainsaw effective. Marathon more like. <laughs> it's really effective though, because like right. during that dinner scene, Oh, I'm just God. thinking, oh to myself, my God, these motherfuckers are just eating people all the time. And well, you're like, this is Tuesday for them. Yes. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yes. So like with the empty man, like you said, when you see the this like H.R. Geiger looking thing in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and even when when they pan or, or tilt up the uh, the skeleton, the water's going backwards. And he said that was sort of a uh, an alien callback. But you know, like all that stuff, it just kind of activates your brain. And and, and we were talking a little bit about like vis, uh, visual symbolism and things that were callbacks. Characters spin things in the movie a lot for some reason. Yeah. Like they walk by those three spinny things. I don't know what they are. Spin. He spins it. Uh, when, <laughs> it's like a, when, it's like when a prayer Van, wheel. When, yeah, okay. When, when Badge Dale finds the dead dog, he sees the umbrella. He spins it. It's There's no reason. It's just constant, like, why, why are they doing this? It's like, it's almost like it makes you feel like you're in a dream or something. Like you're watching this very yeah psychedelic yeah, totally. dream or something. It's well, really, it gets really into cool. this thing they do at the end, right? Where, because if I have a huge problem with the movie, I think it's at the ending, I don't fucking understand is he like a topa golem like he just appeared or did he have a life and then was coerced sure no they, they uh, do so that hyper realistic yeah. retelling right of him humping the neighbor lady the kid swallows the quarter the mom sees the deer and goes off i'm like that is like no if that teenager wrote that in her journal that is like a beautifully thought out backstory. So, so none of that none of that exists essentially what they they using uh, as a tulpa they they use the the people of the pontifex institute conjured an a, a person with no anything like an empty right. vessel to carry the empty man but they filled him with essentially like because the empty man takes three days to manifest right so they basically had to like kind of like get right. him there over the course of three days to but be, that was like he yeah. starts off and he's in a store that's clearly existed for a while you're like all right, right. maybe they could do that right. but the cops are like oh we heard about you and i was like so is that big ginger cop a plant and again this is what this is what's beautiful about the movie is they're like the whole thing to your point chris is it's so fucking disorienting because when he's spinning things and he's tapping right because he can't fill out his backstory and his opinions he doesn't have his own thought you're like they kind of built in a defense against this but the hyper realistic backstory i was like it's so gut-wrenching and probably the most a relatable thing right like if my mom watched it that's the scene that would stick out to her is like, 
he was fucking the neighbor and his kid was choking and they died and it's his fault some like that's what my mom would take away from this movie right not <laughs> the man be a tulpa he deserves it yeah he's not a tulpa he's, <laughs> he's an asshole coming, that's so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's like and so that to exist but that's like one of those weird i was like I almost think it's cooler if they hijack a guy that existed, right? And again, it's sure. not like that dissuades me because the brilliant thing about this movie is that, like you said, most horror movies now come out and it's like, you know exactly what you're getting every scene, right? Even the wild ones, you're like, they might show me something that's wild, but I kind of know where we're heading, right? This one, it just right. feels like, not like a Snyder cut per se, but it's just like, Every idea I have, I want to fucking foist onto this screen, right? And it, it's almost, I remember reading about that with uh, like Airplay. They're like, if 5% of these jokes hit, we've made the funniest movie of all time, right? And so it's like every line's a joke in that regard. And he just was like, anything I have that might be cool or might trigger a thought or pull you into the screen, right? Because that's, you hit that point in most movies now. It's like that 30 to 50 minutes where you're just like, oh God, I get it. We got to, you know, take this step and, and this one, it's like all those weird cutaways and everything. It just, you can't, it is like a virus. Like you can't fucking pull out of the screen or the story, even though it feels too long and disjointed and unusual. But what's so good about it too, is that on that, on that, the secret handshake podcast, he's talking about how he's like, well, you know, I, I just don't think Fox knew how to market this, but a company like a 24 could, I don't think that that's right at all. Because I really? think that this movie, I think this movie is considerably less pretentious than A twenty four Fair. I think this is like this feels like a studio movie that actually has something going for it. Whereas A twenty four has like is like art house movies that are like a little bit more mainstream focused. This is like this is like a, and I, I I'm not I don't mean Indiana Jones, but I mean this is like a pulp weird <laughs> fiction indiana jones type movie you know there's scares it's not so hard to track i i don't i don't see a world in which an it comes at night trailer for this is gonna fucking <laughs> like you the know ultimate get... voice job <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, i like that movie but it, yeah they they fucking they sure did with that the audience is yeah. gonna come at night that's all i remember <laughs> <laughs> or day or weekends yeah <laughs> nobody they didn't so, come um, at all. <laughs> I don't know. Dinner. I mean, I, th I think to your point, though, this is it's so weird to use this phrase for this movie, but it feels more meat and potatoes than like we I just watched St. Maude and I was like, I fucking love that movie. That's my kind of movie. But I understand why I feel like most people that watch it aren't going to be in on. it. You know what I mean? Because Nothing so, happens. And it's just like, how dare you? We watch no. a woman ripped asunder. Another right, pod. That's another, show. another pod. Yeah, another pod. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the empty man, not the empty mod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I don't know. I mean, I, I feel this like this feels like a studio movie, though. It doesn't feel. It really like a, does. It like really. I think the indie. teenager stuff it does more. But that's. I mean, because this is the weird dynamic, right? So him investigating, right? They think your daughter's crazy. I'll go talk to your friends, right? And I think Chris had alluded to this earlier when. Because there's the scene where she's just like, yeah, I'll get in your car if I can have a smoke. And I was like, nope, red flags. Don't do any of this mm -hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. And that's when it, when she gets in that car, you're like, that's when it becomes an A24 scene. Oh, there's a flash. And then all of a sudden the sounds start cutting out. That's something that this movie absolutely crushes is the the sound usage, right? Because the sounds start cutting out one at a time. Incredible. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden you cut back and you're like, oh, there's no people here. There was like 500 kids. And we all remember after school. That's I'm the not hangout. sure there's anything more jarring in this movie besides not only is no. the, the phone the most jarring sound effect, but then the utter silence. Yeah. Is yeah. Also but think like about when, when she's talking out, about incredible. after we've seen the bridge, right? They cut back and the kids are like all in that cross-legged position. And he's not acknowledging it, but she's seeing it. And the sound is cut off to where it feels like a movie again. And you're just like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that to me is the kind of shit that I can imagine the studios are like, well, how do we put that in the trailer? Even though it's a fucking terrifying scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I it's- love I absolutely love the way the sound is used in this movie. Uh, for me, the scariest sequence in the film is the camp elsewhere sequence. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, yeah, sure. God, Go, yeah, goes into the cabin, <laughs> you know, he watches this horrific video that's so goddamn scary. Mm-hmm. And then you realize he's been in there so long, the sun has set. Uh, and then he walks out and he sees this this crazy campfire thing. But now when, when he starts to leave and he turns back and all these people are just staring at him so and, and the crickets boring. go out of the mix. The yeah. crickets go out first. Then the fucking light turns off and it's just like, boop, nothing. I, I swear to God, I was watching it with, I, I showed it to, a, I have a roommate, I showed it to him. We were quiet. When the light turns out, he actually went, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> he fucking lost his mind. It the audible pucker. He's like, oh God, something. It was this is so good. Well, I, I, it's so and funny. That, and that's not a jump scare. It's like, it's no, like an no. audio. It's like a sound effects or something. It's sound design scare. I don't even know how to describe it. It's great. It just, it sets you off. <laughs> but that scene has like one really weird moment, right? Because they do, again, the sound is he takes a step back mm-hmm. and then it's like the 300, like the phalanx chunk. And they take <laughs> a step and they do that twice. And you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. And instead of the rule the of beginning. threes, they do this weird thing where he just goes, oh, fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> and he takes exactly. off running and I was like, are we doing Abbott Costello? Because <laughs> yeah. it's it so the- fucking scary. But it's funny and like it, yeah, the movie it is funny. has this like self-awareness mm-hmm, that yes. keeps it from being just like so self-serious. There's another like, joke I like too. He yeah. gets the bear the on his doorstep. No, he gets the bear on his doorstep and he and he holds up the bear and he looks around and he goes, okay. And he just like nods. <laughs> if he's so got like, his he's ghost like holding it up. Like, he's like, yeah, I'll Okay, I really I'm like how not bear. accepting he is of like the horror that surrounds him. He's like, all right, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this whole thing, fuck it all. When- he's looking <laughs> at the files. He's looking at the files. Like you guys are funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this though. <laughs> I screamed at my that. TV when he that was the when best. he picked the fucking bear up. I was like, don't you bring that in your house? Everyone knows oh, you don't yeah. bring a I thought the same thing. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I- it's <laughs> once teddy the bears walk effects. off frame. I'm like, don't. Don't touch it again. No. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> the, the, so, okay. So quick, I have a question for you guys. Yes. In those videos in camp elsewhere, when there's the, the kind of like, what's a nice way of putting this? The sort of a, a mentally handicapped thing is, is sort of drawing on the walls. Is that him? I, thought I that wondered that on the second viewing too. Yeah. Cause I wondered, cause that one said manifestation, Four, I think and when he sees later all the stuff like the pictures of his wife and kid and the teddy bear that said manifestation 16 well I think that's the mm-hmm. question though are they all him because he is well, they're all the final manifestation so they're all they're yeah. all him technically but then like right. the, uh, when the when the the 
poor creature in the video is bleeding when what he draws on the cabin wall is definitely the sherpa hipster empty man yeah. once he gets his head blown off yeah absolutely but i mean that's the other thing this movie just casually digs into time travel and you're like yeah. wait what the fuck <laughs> it really does have every idea they could fit in there the bull cut girl was there all along <laughs> <laughs> And Josh we, that, that actually yeah. is the same character from Home Alone too. It's the same cop. Right? <laughs> yes, it's that's just, why he's he got a promotion. I saw a lady kill two men with pigeons, and I couldn't yeah. indict her. <laughs> uh, that's see, that's what would have happened if he had like if he had said like last week a lady fed her her newborn to a pack of stray dogs, and then he was like, and when I was younger, Joe <laughs> Pesci and Daniel Stern ran amok in New York. Like that would have been the greatest thing. That would have been. A, that's the fucking game. How did this kid get all this right industrial grade chemicals? It was horrifying. I couldn't I walk. That has happened every in this movie. Been like, who gives a fuck about the empty man? Can we please follow this copper now? For the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah, right. the empty man's and bad, but the sticky bandits were sticky a real scourge. I gotta figure out how this goes. He just like arrests oh. someone for like a DUI and is like doing the paperwork. He's like, can indict the cosmos. <laughs> like it's just like, <laughs> it's the best talking. line. I it's fucking yeah, love far, that. Yeah. But that's have you that's ever, another thing. I think they're fucking plants though, because they said they knew who he was. And yeah. the thought that the cops sure. are investigating fucking six, seven dead teenagers and they don't there's run his name. The, um, there's a line with the teenage girl, the the where she says at the end, she's like, Are you starting to wonder what's real and what isn't? And it's sort of like, you know opens the door for interpretation as to which scenes happened in, in reality and which scenes happened in his mind. Um, and, and there's also like, I, there's part of me that's like, I like him being a real person too much to deny that maybe at some point, some of this shit happened. Like I, yeah, part of me too. wants, part of me wants some of it to happen. So, cause like, if he's talking with um, his neighbor, the, the woman that he slept with all those years ago, and she's having concerns and she seems to be there. But then when he calls her on the phone, she's like, I have no fucking idea who you are. Mm -hmm. That's the one part of the movie that doesn't hundred percent like flow for me, but I'm still yeah. trying to figure it out. And I'm it's like, okay where's with he, where's, where's he been all these days? You know, yeah. like, and also right. I was where's... like, what a cruel thing for the daughter to do. Like, Hey mom, I was writing fanfic about you being a horrible piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> like, that mom definitely fucks some neighbor. We don't know yeah. which yeah. Yeah. one. But I mean, that's the thing, though, to Chris's point. Yeah, when they show the flashback, it's so fucking gut wrenching. And when she said, right, she says something like we tried to make tulpas and it didn't work. What we realized is that they needed the grief and the sadness and the fear. And I was like, but if this guy didn't have that and you just wrote it three days ago, that's not as powerful as this guy just because what I really like is, again, the, the kind of running parallel theory of the empty man is that he's something inside of us right yeah. and that he's not really a ghostly spirit attacking us he's we're doing it at his behest right yeah. so the idea that at the end when she's like aren't you fucking sick of it isn't this your fantasy is to just be done like your suffering's done man you've fucking had this shitty life for years carrying all this guilt and going to your birthday alone it's pathetic right <laughs> for him to say you know what yeah fuck yeah dude i'm out i want the empty man because that's what's fucking scary about cults and religion is yeah, that you're like yeah. i absolutely yeah. do understand why people and i didn't when i was younger i'm like that's stupid then you're like older and you have kids and a job and bills and you're like yeah dude i could go live in a commune 
Like I get it. <laughs> right. And that taking that out of his journey, I felt was a little bit weak, but everything that was happening was so operatic at that point. Yeah. You didn't you need it all the in, way. You two have lived, Alex, Josh, you guys have lived in LA at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, Alex, you live there now. I still live um, here, but yes. Yeah. So I lived, when I lived <laughs> there, I, uh, I lived pretty close to the Scientology church and I would just walk by all the time and they were, they were always loons and I would, I just, you know, walk by, but uh, I took my, I took my brother and my girlfriend um, when we, they, they, they're from Wyoming and um, I took them there once and I just thought it was funny. And I just took them there and put the, and like brought them in for a free trial of the first processing. <laughs> the <fucking> e -test or <laughs> you yeah, gotta no, be nicer you... to your girlfriend's brothers, dude. <laughs> oh, <wow. Yeah. laughs> And uh, no, no, like we uh, and they joined and they loved it. And ten years later, they're happy Scientologists. And it's <laughs> all your fault. Tom Cruise's run, running sore feet. <laughs> I'm never gonna have a successful career in Hollywood if I keep dogging on Scientologists. But uh, <laughs> but no, so we I took them there and because they were they were you know they thought it was funny and we went through and they they took us inside and all these fucking smiling people are just like making us watch all these videos about like removing our pain and shit. And my, my, my brother who's adopted, uh, this woman comes up to him and I thought he was going to punch her. Cause she just, <laughs> she's like, she like comes up and she's like, what's your, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? He's like, he's like, no, I, 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 I would not tell you that. And she's like, it's okay. It's like a safe spot. And we like got out of there. Cause it was, it was really kind of strange. But like when you're watching, if you've ever been near any of that, or even just yeah. you know walking on Hollywood Boulevard, the second he goes to the Pontifex Institute and there's all these people smiling, it's just oh, like, yeah. you know exactly what that is. And you're like, get out of there, man. Like you fucking- That was my, own, like, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw like, but in January I, I talked about on my channel, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. And, and no, like- I, did see, I actually, that video yeah. came up after I watched your uh, Empty Man video and I watched yeah. it as well. <laughs> that YouTube algorithm is <laughs> yeah. really- Hey, you like cult movies? Here's a cult story. <laughs> you like Chris and Joel, this you out. a video? <laughs> No, like seriously, like, yeah, I was raised in that. And um, I got out in my early 20s. I'm 32 now. It's been 10 years. But my family, though, they're still there, man. Yeah. And, and so when you when you say like people, they can get like enraptured by that shit. I fucking know. Like, it is true. And um, so like when I'm watching this, any any movies where there's cult stuff, I'm like, yeah, I buy it. Like, I buy it, you know, because mm -hmm. pe people fall into it. They, they, they're looking for answers. Somebody says some fancy glossy sentence that's just perfect, and then that feels like that sentence took the pain away. So I want more yeah, of that. Absolutely, and, and that's all. And that's why, why like this movie, like when they when when they went into the institute, everything, even the way his voice echoed off the walls with like that that audio, the microphone. I was like, oh god, like that is it. That is that's what it's like. Uh, I'm being transported. <laughs> when he goes to the basement, when he goes to the basement and there's that audio recording, it's like nothing is real. Yes. Nothing can be real. Yeah. And he's just walking. There's like people staring at the black poster. My, I, I was watching with my girlfriend and she just was like, what are, because that's the moment where the movie really starts to switch. And she just goes, what is this movie? And I was like, that is exactly 
it where like you are an hour and a half into this movie and you're like what am i watching it just keeps <laughs> we're sort starting of, a new movie <laughs> it does but all the stuff from previous yeah. gives context to what happens so it's it's constantly morphing and 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 just becoming something new this is like the best creepy pasta movie made like it just i mean feels... it might be the only good creepy pasta yeah. <laughs> no, cha- channel zero channel zero is incredible. oh i do like channel zero yeah that was a cool Ooh, show i've never channel seen zero. that i've never seen that yeah those oh, are cool dude but... chris oh they're so i'll put it on my good. list like literally right now i'll put it on my list yeah <laughs> you'll like i like yeah what's the last one i watched the rutger hauer <laughs> one where it was like texas chainsaw stairway to heaven with rutger hauer i was like yeah i'm in on this it, it chris it's like it's like Four seasons. Each season is a different creepy pasta. They're completely unrelated, okay. made by different directors, and it fucking rules. If you like Empty okay. Man, you you will like that. I think what's so cool about Empty Man is like it really did feel like, and, and this probably goes to your point, uh, Lobo, about um, uh, him maybe being involved with the Bye Bye Man at some point. But he, um, it just feels like he was looking at the industry. And was like, what idea is selling right now? Okay, one of these sort of creepy pasta ideas. I don't want to make one of those, but I want to make like a weird metaphysical movie about like thoughts and uh, tentacles and like <laughs> we, just like crazy cosmic stuff. And I want to just have all that in there. But I know I can sell it if I make it seem like it's a creepy pasta movie. Because honestly, like. I can't even imagine going to a smaller indie studio with this and being like finances. Yeah. They'd probably yeah. be like, that's long and weird and that's never going to make us any money. The fact that he somehow got Fox to do it is insane to me. Like it just blows my mind. I know he had connections obviously working behind the scenes with Fincher's movies um, with like on the DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. But like still, it's just amazing that, that this happened this way. It, it feels like... Um... Uh, I really like their stuff. It, uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Uh, yeah. This feels like something that they would make if they were given like $20 million. Mm-hmm. Like it feels of that ilk, which like, mm-hmm. you know, when we watch a, you watch The Endless, which is, you know, $500,000 something movie. And you're like, wow, the ideas are really like strong and kind of trippy, but it's, it's, it's grounded in characters. That's what this is. But this is like the more nihilistic version of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what else I like about it? I don't know what the budget for it is, but yeah. it feels it feels like that weird mid-budget horror you don't get anymore. Yeah, you know, That's it feels exactly like that weird like. twenty, thirty million, whatever it is, movie that you just never see yeah. anymore. And this is why you don't see it because, like, the studio is like, "What is this? It, it tested poorly. Cut forty yeah. minutes out." Ugh. Yeah, like, that's, that's it's just a weird. It's a weirdly. It, yeah, like the the budget range is so like, and I don't know what it is either. But you're right, and when you see movies like that, the, like they either hit or they don't, and they become Walmart <laughs> Walmart Ben movies, mm-hmm. which are yeah, exactly what this is. This is one of those finds where you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. How did anyone yeah. like lose and, this? And this, in the this mix? actually, as of right now, the, as of right now, this cannot be a Walmart Ben movie because there's <laughs> no DVD. There's no DVD. It literally it's literally not even. Funny. It's literally. <laughs> it, you have to a find Walmart a hospital where some movie. coma guy is just sending you out. man is evergreen without the yeah. Walmart bin. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's absurd, though, because we live in a world with Shudder, right, where they put out a new movie yeah. every week, and they all yeah. look the same, right? They all look yeah. like they were shot on your iPhone. They all have, like, the exact same kind of aesthetic. And to just go back to this, this remind you know, that early 2000, like, Wes Craven would get to make movies like this. We were like, God, that looks fucking awesome. 
And it's big, like New Nightmare, right? It's Freddy Krueger, but that one plays very outside of the series. And you're like, it's just this big, like, romp around a big town. There's a ton of cast and act. They just don't fuck. Like, maybe Saul was the last one that got away with that and hostile. And then they're like, franchise. It's even like, a movie like uh like red eye like Wes craven's red eye from like just gonna say red eye red eye vibes. is like kind of expensive looking and it's yeah. mostly on a plane so yeah. yeah i don't know studios were just i think somebody just made a might have been saw where they were like wait a second you did that for like under a million fuck and then yeah. they were like well, i guess we don't have to spend all this money on it we're out of That's asian crazy. horror films what are we gonna do and then paranormal <laughs> activity just wrecked the industry you, Even no, though I, I mean, love all the paranormal activity movies until they said, hey, what if we could see it the whole time? But neither <laughs> here nor, but that, I think that movie, they're like, that was literally a nothing movie. And then they dumped what, like a million in afterwards on marketing and a new ending. And that movie made fucking infinite amounts of money. And they're like, oh, we don't have to spend money on horror movies anymore. Right. And I think that's I will, just become yeah. this sad idea that's taken root. I will tell you though, that like, just sort of, because <clears throat> I mean, like, I've had over the last year and a half um, since Trapped came out, you know, I've had meetings at various studios and I think a lot like, cause Blumhouse does their thing really well where they make, you know, $3 million movies. They make $20 million. A lot of these other studios are sort of looking for bigger things because I just think that the ideas of how to keep something in a house or how to keep something, you know, I, I, it's like, it's not, it's not exciting the marketplace. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you got to spend money to make money. So I, I, I get the feeling in the next like five years, you're going to see not maybe a not return to like $60 million horror movies, but you know, 15, 20, where like they look cinematic. Cause I just, I just think that, you know, people aren't necessarily just excited about, Oh, there's like two people and they're being haunted in this morgue sure. or something. Well, for every, um, uh, you know, like, what is it? Dark Song or Autopsy of Jane Doe. There's literally 100 other movies that you yeah. see on Netflix every week. And you're like, I can make it like 10 minutes. To come out. And it, it's just yeah, sure. fucking brutal, man. And that's because so many of them, uh, and not to talk shit about people, but like so many of them are just made because they know that there's like an algorithm that proves they'll be they'll be profitable. And, and they're not yeah. actually, they're, they're, they're not like, made with passion they're made because yeah. they know they can and then you get a movie like autopsy of john like jane doe for instance that's like oh wow they they really gave a shit about this and they went out to brian cox like they actually got in touch with brian cox's agent and they got him in this movie like okay <laughs> right. they actually cared about this yeah. one you know and, and you can always tell when the filmmaker cares and again with the empty man like this does not feel like a movie he made because somebody gave him a job yeah yeah this feels like a movie he convinced people to let him make yeah which is great you know you can always tell and there's no way he didn't have to fight heaven and earth to get that opening movie that opening sequence in the film because i would guarantee five thousand times someone sent the email like we should maybe not go to Bhutan." (laughs) how many times did they have to do that how many times were they like can you put it in the flashback at the end maybe like, <laughs> they're like can that skeleton start? be in like the shop like, class how many like, kind of, how many studio notes notes came down like that like the beginning just doesn't work for me it like doesn't yeah. make any sense and like yeah it does just watch the whole fucking movie yeah. like what he said you know though, what's really cool i'm sorry go ahead Josh. you're you're good chris yeah um what i think is also kind of neat I, and I, i'm assuming obviously he didn't do this but there is a really viable marketing idea in 
in, in having a movie that you could actually have like a 20 minute short, make it and then be like, actually, this is part of my movie, but can you give me more money? Because this is good, right? And just like show, like yeah. literally make the first 20 minutes of your movie, get get some money together and then go out to studios and being like, hey, I already finished the first 20 minutes of my movie. Can I just have more money? Because it, <laughs> and, and you know, just like convince people. It's like, uh, I don't know. Obviously he didn't Then all that, of a sudden they cool. get the movie and they're like, wait, who are these fucking teens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, Wait, I thought this movie took place in Bhutan. I don't understand what happened. Yeah, I thought we were doing the thing because I had never even seen the trailer. Right. I know I'd heard Lobo talk about it. And then every time I went to Amazon, I saw the 217. I'm like, I can't waste even three more minutes on a trailer. I got to go watch something shorter. And I, wow. I, I literally went in 100% blind. Yeah. And when Same. the storm hit, I'm like, they're not hiking out of here. I like picked, I, this is how fucking sad it was. I actually was like, Amy, get up my wife. And I like picked her up on my shoulders and I walked a lap around the kitchen. I was like, you'll never be able to hike out of here. This is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this movie, I'm settled in for a snowy fucking adventure. Did you, ever just... see the, <laughs> did you ever see The Void? Oh, oh yeah. I love The Void. We actually covered okay. The Void, yeah. Did, the you, void. did you know that the, the Sherpa guy is the main cop from the voice? Yes, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. So I had to look it up. So I was like, I know. It really bothering. Yeah, I had to do it too. It was really bothering me. I was like, why do I know this? To Chris's point, Aaron that was essentially every actor in the movie. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, who the fuck is you that? play a cop? It's literally everybody. It's like the cop. Oh, the cinematographer the... was the C camera. Yeah. <laughs> On the void. But the void's another one of those like that succeeded in the we'll stay in one place game. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't want that movie to disappear either, right? I think there no. is this like Orson Wellesian, like a great movie can come from all those fucking restraints. But then also it's like, can we have both? Can we have both? Also, there are some filmmakers who just literally, that's all they can get financed. Yeah. If, like yeah. you might write a script. Like I have, I have like six or seven scripts and I, I, one of them I wrote purposefully to be the, like the, the, the least expensive script ever. So that if I ever got in with the right people, I could be like, hey, this is only like $100,000 maybe. And, and, and it, I will tell you, it is open doors for me. Like just being able to tell people I have a feature script that could be viably shot and look right and not look cheap. Like it's, <laughs> it looks right still. And, and it helps. So yes, absolutely. I still want those types of movies to be made so that yeah. filmmakers who normally couldn't get as fortunate as as prior was to be there at fox can have opportunities but yeah also please give me like the, the strangely expensive movies that take place on a farm or something for some reason it's 50 million dollar budget you know <laughs> that, i need i need that too like that's great right what's i'm gonna make a quick digression i'm gonna go back to what chris was just saying my so i as we're talking about this my my cinematographer and my great friend uh, bryce holden is watching this right now he started about uh, 10 minutes before we, we started <laughs> and he's been texting me and at one point he's like eh. he's like i don't i don't think that he's like i'm he's like i'm an hour in he's like i i don't really get it and he's like unless the last 50 blows me away i don't i don't get it and i, and I just i just texted back i was like just text me in 50 minutes like just because yeah. you have you have no idea like the last 50 minutes of the movie is just you can't you nothing you can do can forecast what is you're going to watch. It's just completely different. Yeah. Cause the hour is that strange point where you're like, now I just saw that lady stab her face off that yeah. kid. 
in the shower, you're yeah. like, that's going to be hard to follow. And they're like, procedural. And you're like, yeah. oh, God, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's right, right when it's like, I, I texted, I texted Griffey, <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like, right after when they started, like, well, we don't know who killed it, but it appears to be a suicide. I'm like, God damn it. Are we really going to fucking do this? The <laughs> it's whole crazy movie? how hard the start of that movie goes. And then just the, like, just yanking yeah. the steering wheel in the opposite direction and doing, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's and then they do like the long goodbye for 30 minutes. <laughs> I guess we're doing this. But that, Just like I, sadness I and smoking. I, I've always liked detective movies. Uh, and and there's, there is a thing where I, there's like detective thrillers or detective horror that I have a soft spot for. Like I wouldn't call Zodiac a horror movie. It's obviously more of a thriller, but like a large portion of that nearly three hour movie is like detective scenes where like yeah. Hall is just researching shit and it's it's you get obsessed with it you get really into it and there were scenes in in empty man where you can absolutely tell that david Pryor has been shadowing david fincher for a long yeah. time there, <laughs> are, sure. there are sequences there's that just shots that yeah that shots way. colors the, the green the color the yellows, palette very you know? there's like i think it was right when he when he gets home right before he goes to bed before we have the um the, like the first time the empty man like runs up the stairs there was a shot and i'm like well there's just venture lighting like they're just like yeah. it's just this <laughs> yeah. big swath of green <laughs> over the lens and i'm like cool this yeah. is great the best scene yeah, though, lots, the, lots of insert shots too yeah the best fucking scene in the entire movie and it oh, just i love this every game time. all right the, what do you got the absolute best scene is when james badge dale is just following those people and they keep cramming more people into the car <laughs> <laughs> and then they, and then they they get out and they just open the trunk and two people get out of the trunk. <laughs> you can't yeah, like, you can't tell me it's hilarious and like he's just yeah, like gosh. trailing them and they just keep putting more teenagers in the car and they just pull up and like all like it's like a clown car all these people get out and they just like open the trunk and a bunch of teenagers like pop out and go inside and he's True. just like James Badgedale is just so like exhausted the whole time he's just like. <sighs> well he even says that once he captures that little jack nicholson lookalike and the kid's like you don't even know your brains it's your blood he's like doing all his med and he's just like dude i'm so tired of your shit (laughs) it just like beats the shit out of it I was like, I, I related to visceral. <laughs> I loved seeing young Ned Stark. Yeah, yeah Ned Stark, that's who the fuck that guy was. Actually, oh, I just you know who yeah, that that's kid reminds Ned Stark. I every time, every the two times I've seen the movie, um, every time I see the kid who's got the gun to his head, I'm like, if they make a young Tarantino biopic. Is that kid, like i don't know why that kid looks like young tarantino to me even the way his yeah. mouth moves, i was like he's gonna he's he will play terry he will be rubbing somebody's feet in a movie I know <laughs> he's also he's also in standoff at sparrow creek with james badge Dale. okay okay i didn't know that he's like the i can mute, see that guy look at some toes he's in that um, a good, good cast my, my wife made me he actually the thing i know that guy from now is that um behind behind her eyes show on netflix my wife made me watch it i was so pissed off at the end but like i was like oh it's young oh it was fucking yeah i don't want to get into it but yeah that's great again another it's a great movie of like people you know from other things Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just sitting there on IMDb the whole time flipping through like, oh, this guy's really good. Oh, this guy's really good. This guy was in, you know, Home Alone 2. Oh my God, all this stuff. <laughs> all right, Alex, same game. What was your favorite scene? Okay. Oddly, 
and actually I texted Griffey. This was the part that I was like, actually, I almost turned it off, but I was like, was when the lights come on, when he's in the basement and they're doing the thing, the lights are, hi, how you doing? I have no <laughs> idea why. And honestly, I was like, oh, great. We're doing motherfucking quips in this movie. Cool. Yeah. I am definitely going to be out soon. But <laughs> having seen the rest of the movie and after like the, after like the teddy bear shit and all that, I'm like, it's perfectly, it's the perfect summation of like blank slate guy or someone who's like supposed to be a blank slate. Like, of course he's just the one who's going to do that. Like all of his reactions to things are oddly calculated, even though they're like, I don't know, like the most haphazard, like, I don't know, just happens, you know, random guys show up at my house. My wife laughs so loud at that. And I think she just so desperately wanted something not scary that she latched (laughs) onto that and laughed like Santa Claus at a mall. Like that's how hard she laughed. All right, uh, Chris, favorite scene. Oh, uh, everything at camp elsewhere. Uh, Camp was amazing too. The cabin uh, sequence, finding the videos, watching the videos, what's going on with that motherfucking teddy bear. Um, you know, and then I also just, and it, there's two scenes in a movie, like we already talked about, where you realize that someone has been investigating or talking about something for so long that the environment around has changed. We already talked about the, the truck, when they're sitting in the truck outside the school, at first there's kids everywhere, people are dispersing the school. She tells her story, you go back to the present and there's nobody there. You're like, how long have they been talking? Mm-hmm. And so now when he watches the cabin videos, he watches them for so long he's sitting there it's dark outside he, when, when they go to the the campfire and that whole sequence with the crowd the stepping back and forth all of it felt very Ari Aster to me and he made this movie mm-hmm. before her, before hereditary which is yeah. awesome to did me. he really you know yeah yes, he did in oh, fact shit. like on the podcast on the podcast that I listened to he was absolutely devastated when he saw hereditary in theaters (laughs) because of the ending is like people bowing down to somebody that they they kind of like made into their into their deity and and he was like i think it works better here i do too i I I do too and i love hereditary love fucking hereditary is my favorite if if those old nudists had bowl cuts josh would be like (laughs) (laughs) the only can you imagine that if he was like damn it they have bowl cuts too i am (laughs) they're like ari aster's got a mole (laughs) (laughs) and so the the grips no they might wear the baby doll dress with the latex gloves i'm with you on the dress i can't follow the rest i can't it's like that campfire scene feels very like kind of midsummery as well. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. All of this happened before before he had seen any of Astor's films. And so I find that really oh, cool. that's a well, I, I saw that scene and I immediately was taken back to Kill List, which that's is another movie that kind of dabbles with a weird religious cult that I love. But that mm-hmm. like them charging at us, like that's exactly like that final horrifying bit of Kill List. Yeah. I don't know. This shit always works. I mean. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I think when he finds the bodies under the bridge is probably my favorite. And then it's yeah. the same thing. Like, it just cuts hard to night. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like, oh, Jesus H. <laughs> like, you know, what's going on? It's, I- it, that's very Fincher, too. Because yeah. you see, like, all the cops, and then it cuts to, like, the boat that's, like, driving around the bay. And I was like, I wonder how much that boat shot cost. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, yeah. People just... it, was it, a, is, it had to have been at least, like, a grand or two. Like, honestly. Yeah. It's a it's, to have the boat and the driver and the, the guy. There was boat, probably a guy. The driver, 10 fire trucks on the bridge. Boat yeah. driver, lifeguard, <laughs> uh, permit. Like, you know. Yeah. I love, Alex is back I, at work now. Just back at work. 
how James Badge Dale sort of like conjures the empty man, like the 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 myth, so kind of un, unceremoniously, where he's just like on the bridge and they've just talked about it and he just sort of picks the bottle up and like blows in it and throws it away. Just like, it's very like, it's not like dramat- dramatized, you right. know? Like he's not- there, There's he, not there's like no a close score up. that's like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. He like, just kind of does like, it. You know. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, oh shit, he just did it. He's on a bridge. He just did it. He kind of, you know, did, which like it is, if you think about, you know, where the, the whole movie, you know, it's like, well, if you're on a bridge and you blow into this thing, the whole movie is basically about like parallax bridges and shit where it's like bridges you're through time. So that, 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 that phrasing, you know, if you're on a bridge and you blow into the bottle, it's not necessarily literal as it is like, metaphorical it's just yeah it's yeah the movie's see i i in that scene the way they played it i didn't even think that he had completed the ritual right because when he hears yeah. the sound it's the kids underneath yeah and when he goes down and sees the kids it feels reminiscent like a mirror image shot of the guy in the cave at the start so like i yeah. once he saw the kids i was like oh is that like his version because yeah he i mean i don't think he's summoning it the thing the empty man's being <laughs> you know, fucking crammed in him like he's a sad duffel bag. So I was like, I don't know. I was like, this scene is weird. The second viewing, I think that scene is just so, it's like a master class in yeah, how you pivot into a, the horror of a movie. He does an amazing job at setting up um, the the atmosphere of the location because there's like a good two or three minutes, maybe actually literally about three minutes of him on that bridge before he even goes down there, just mm-hmm. walking down it, looks to his right. You get a tracking shot of, the, of that side, looks to his left, get a tracking shot of that side. Now we're, now we're pulling back with him on Dolly and we're just walking. But you're hearing the crickets, you're hearing like the cicadas and all these like insects. And you're like, as soon as those sounds go away and he's just st- st- uh, standing there in the middle of the bridge, like just hearing nothing, it's absolutely unnerving. And if you didn't have that sound design for like a minute and a half of like establishing what that area sounds like first, that wouldn't make your heart stop. And so he does a great job with that throughout the whole movie of just the sound design of, of every single location. I think, I think this movie is going to have a really long life. Just in that like, uh, I know me and Chris a couple years ago bonded over like just like weird kind of like shaggy dog movies uh things that you know like chris it was loves, actually like, the I, shaggy dog yeah. with tim allen i was yes, hoping, yes. I was hoping <laughs> sorry it, i was hoping it would be that or wild hogs perhaps yeah yeah <laughs> we held hands and rode our bicycles to wild hogs <laughs> i saw a shaggy dog in theaters i don't yeah. want i don't want to hear about that that's okay that box office well, i saw nine lives in theaters with kevin spacey <laughs> oh man Oh yeah, that's not as indefensible. Indefensible. That was like that was like yes. a, a video confessional. We just didn't see. Yeah, it. I know. <laughs> really, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Lobo. But like, You're really great. fast. At Nine Lives, a viewer was there who watches my channel, who came up to me after Nine Lives and was like, "I can't believe I'm meeting you at Nine." It's <laughs> <laughs> like. I was like, I know, I can't believe it either, but here we are. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. <laughs> I can't. You're uh, uh... <laughs> sorry. No, I um, I I watched because me and Chris talk, have been talking about this for like the last two weeks. Um, a week uh, about a no, or, 
I don't know what I'm saying. Earlier today, I, I watched Chris's video again, just to kind of like see sort of like the things that you were talking about, because so we talk about them elongated here. And uh, I, I don't really, I, I hate YouTube comments, but like I read one of the comments and <laughs> it, it, it said it was just a person because your video is about it being a cult classic. And somebody had just posted, they were like, do you think something so recent can sort of be considered a cult classic? And I think that this movie really has that ability because it was sort of, it, it does feel like a movie that had absolutely no marketing, no anything that sort of the right people have found and it's sort of like quickly being championed. And I definitely think that this movie will play like, you know, screenings later on. I think that this thing's going to have a, a nice life and that prior will get to make something else purely by the Absolutely. fact that, you know, definitely. Like this I has been on right. the, in the, to, yeah. To go with what you're saying, like, uh, it absolutely will have a cult ball. It already fucking does, man. I mean, yeah. just the fact that like, <laughs> like there's, right there's here. people, yeah. I mean, there's people talking about it all the time. I, and it, it's why I watched it. I was not going to watch this movie. hundred yeah. percent not. I was, yeah. I was done. And, and people convinced me to, you know, like you, Josh, uh, you convinced me. And so Hell yeah. that, that already is the starting, like the, the seeds of it, you know? And it's funny because in a way, I, I know that, to make a movie this to, with this type of money behind it, with a big studio, and then everything that happened with the Disney Fox merger and being released in a pandemic, for David Pryor that was probably a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. But the silver lining is, you are officially forever certified as that underrated movie that you should see. Yes. Yeah, you know, because like, yeah, it's the you, best you marketing make, ploy of all time. Yes, you can make the <laughs> Avatar movie that that's like you know billion two billion box office whatever and then you become oh you're that at your avatar everybody knows that you are you're overrated you know but like when you sneak in on, under the radar like that and you get yeah. like people like us who are like defending it or not not even really defending it just like championing yeah. it like saying hey watch it you know mm -hmm. like just go support this movie it, it's it doesn't even have a dvd um <laughs> it's, it's so fucking crazy <laughs> It, it's it, like the Disney's like <laughs> it's like Mickey Mouse like stepped in dog shit and was just like what is this and like yeah it, it but it, uh, yeah no, I, no, I'm not saying the movie's dog there should shit, have been a cave painting of like vision down there for an Easter egg <laughs> and it had blue rays everywhere <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> this, yeah, this, mo no, this like, movie like drinks a bunch of pre-workout and then just like beats mickey mouse into a pulp <laughs> <laughs> but this i don't know about you guys but this one gave me a slight bit of hope right that if this thing takes off i'm really i might be the only one that i'm like the disney buying out fox might be awesome for guys like us down the road yeah because if they put all that fucking muscle behind like a really good predator series fucking yeah. robocop what a, like now they just have all these massive ips yeah. and it's like if they use those and then these are like their hey if you can get something like empty man off the ground you can reboot i don't know i saw on twitter the other day the guy who did uh saw spiral is like hey can i please make a leprechaun movie now and i was like yeah, yeah. i was like this is <laughs> the kind Lynn of shit Bowsman. i'm here for <laughs> it yeah does. yeah Dar darren bowsman he really wants to do leprechaun yeah. he's always tweeting about leprechaun Oh, I, I, fucking I think that's, I think that's kind of funny. Like you're in a position where you've made a Saw movie and you're like, you're actually campaigning to make a Leprechaun movie. It's so great. <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's pure passion. That's what you were saying. Yeah. Like, how could that yeah, movie yeah, yeah. not at least be lovable? Yeah. Yeah. And how I don't know, man, if you made the Empty Man style version of 
insert X amount of whatever they have now. I think this could be amazing for us. I know it's everyone hates on Disney and whatever. And I don't know enough about business to know what the long-term ramifications of these buyouts are. But I was like, they've got the, the fucking It's a muscles. weird thing for a studio to dry up overnight and become another studio, which just yeah. means there's one <laughs> less shop in town to pitch stuff to. But yeah. in regards to this movie, like, yeah, obviously it was like the tail. It's the, you know, it's like the vestigial tail that got left off, <laughs> you know, the, the merger. But at the same time, like, I don't know how to put it properly, but like, it's the best part almost. Yeah. Like this is the kind of thing that you like when this kind of stuff happens. So yeah, you do see great people get another shot to do something that maybe is a little more high profile. And because they're low key, like uh, Chris was saying, because they're flying under the radar, they're going to get something that they actually give a shit about and make fucking great. And yeah. make- crazy. Yeah. a studio a billion dollars or whatever because but make it for like you know like i'm sure this movie was not made for a whole lot of money make it for roughly the same budget and make a bunch make a fucking paranormal activity amount of money it's a it's a weird game the studios have where they it's like balancing and the one thing the one thing at disney is that they just don't they t- don't take a lot of risks um where like studios it's sort of like you balance out like, oh, yes, Spider-Man is going to make a billion dollars. So like we can make this thing. And I mean, it was interesting watching a couple years ago when Paramount almost the the ex head of development of Paramount or the whatever um, almost drowned that company because he just sort of like the only movies for like a year and a half that Paramount released were empty man's like weird things like <laughs> it, no, I mean, seriously, seriously, They're it was wrong. like. Man, white people are afraid of go annihilation <laughs> mother there were like all these movies that were like really high profile directors getting to make their passion projects and and paramount was like overlord like these crazy things that were not making any money and they weren't they weren't like balancing it out with like mission impossible so it was like it so the studio was slowly sinking because they were only making these like weird anomaly films and it's um well i think what's interesting about disney being as big as they are and doing what they're doing is that because they did the same thing in the night they did the same thing in like the mid 90s to mid 2000s which is you know it was fucking miramax like miramax was a disney arm and put out some of the bigger independent movies quote unquote but like fucking making pulp fiction and that's a fucking disney movie yeah that's a weird thing i mean disney just that's what i think disney million dollar movies three times a year yeah that's what (laughs) disney's gonna end up but that's what disney's gonna probably end up doing is making these making a smaller arm to make these kinds of movies and then you know they don't have to like you call it get associated with the brand of bouton Right, but we all know you shove them down in this little development cave in Club Bouton and see what they come <laughs> out with. Right? Why not? Yeah, you like guys a, get the profit of pictures. Soul Five. Go, go. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures was was like Disney when it when Touchstone Pictures yep. was a mm-hmm. thing, yeah, and so like exactly. all those like all of Shyamalan's first movies were Disney technically. And, and yeah. like they used to do weird shit like that, which is cool. I wish they would do more stuff like that. I think that I like to think maybe because hopefully this movie has like what we're talking about, the life that it should have, which is this great cult classic and great cult following that gets it there so that Disney realizes they can make oodles of money because that's what they give yeah. a shit about. 
and yeah. maybe make a little Blumhouse studio, not necessarily Blumhouse, but like make their own little Blumhouse studio so you can make movies like this. And it doesn't have to be like, ah, Mickey Mouse is up to Empty Man movies now. Great. Dude, no, that I mean, would be great, though. I mean, that granted, would I would so love good. to see fucking the fucking Disney. The fucking Their new Magic Halloween Kingdom specials. Mickey just Man. like, oh, God, don't think his name. <laughs> He's stabbing <laughs> many in the shower. I would pay so they, much they show They show like the skeleton go like, <laughs> like, like pop out of the wall and come alive. And yeah, it just goes, oh, yeah. And it's goofy. Oh, <laughs> like, I pay oh, so yeah. much money to see that. But it's it's. I don't know. We're into such a strange time for, and and I was um I went to actually go see uh Willy's Wonderland in the yeah. theater. Yeah. And yeah. and uh it was crazy because like I said like I, I'm not saying the pandemic is over, but like where I live, it's essentially over. Like there's like enough people here that are vaccinated and that you know. Oh, dude, I gotta confirm. My Republican yeah. neighbor said over. Hopes. Over. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Just kidding. Well, as long as long as he thinks so. Yeah. I'll let LA know. I like flag, uh, so I assume he knows. <laughs> I went to Willy's Wonderland, and you know, you read all these articles about how you're like the theaters are dead; nothing will ever. I went to a seven o'clock fucking showing of of Willy's Wonderland, where every single seat in the entire theater was full. Well, and Nick I Cage, was come on, yeah, 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 yeah but I mean, that's the point. I mean, people, Nick Cage people beating up it. animatronics. Yeah, right. Nick Cage. Bad Chuck E. Cheese, come on. Exact same thing you, when I went to see Drive Angry. Exact same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People were furious though at the end of Willie's. They were like, "Why didn't he speak?" <laughs> like that was. They got really hung up on that. But the that's, thing is, that's that your takeaway from Willie's Wonderland. That's yeah, it's wow. like. It's like, why was uh, he fucking that pinball machine? That's the <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so, like, that scene. That scene was unscripted. The uh, the dance scene. He just yes. did that, and they were like, I'm and, "So and, glad um, I read that." I'm oh like, yeah. God, so, like, so like, so like, low key, I'm friends with the director of Willy's Wonderland. Okay, so like, yeah. I talk with him. I talk with him a lot, and he was like, "Yeah, there's a okay. I can't even say this. Fuck it. Okay, so there's a scene." <laughs> I just there's, say a, it. There, there's a scene that is not in Willy's Wonderland that absolutely should have been in Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> um, there were so many scenes where Nick Cage just improv stuff. And, 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 and um, the director, Kevin Lewis, has had nothing but good things to say about working with Cage. He said he was on time every day, always there on time. And he would give like multiple versions of like a, of a take. And, and for like when you go into the editing room it's like here's this here's this here's this you have a million things to choose from <laughs> and so like there were many scenes that that he just was like i have so many options i don't even know which one's the best it's it's great so like now we need the snyder yeah. cut of willie's wonderland but just imagine nicholas cage behaving that way and you're like every one of these scenes can so dramatically change the trajectory <laughs> of this narrative <laughs> yeah that's what that's what panos Cosmato said about Mandy he's like Cage okay. gave me everything from like the crazy Cage rage to like an Oscar performance and he I guess Cage told Panos that he's like most people just go for the crazy but you know it's your movie he's so the greatest actor of our time I don't care Dude, I legitimately love Nicolas Cage like, I, yeah, I like, we no joke yeah. love Nicolas Cage as well. yeah. <laughs> he's incredible like I'm yeah. sorry like no actor has been no actor is, is as prolific as that man but that's what oh, i said no. tom hanks couldn't do willie's wonderland 
He couldn't do that movie. But Cage could be the guy who sells Pioneer newspapers. Cage could be Sully. (laughs) Cage could be Sully and uh, in Willy's Wonderland, Tom Hanks. Dude, imagine every Tom Hanks movie recast with Nicolas Cage. And that's the universe I would live in. Castaway is incredible that way. (laughs) Castaway. Yes. Nicolas Cage talking to a volleyball half the movie. Yes. Please, totally bridge of spies. Yeah, bridge of spies. (laughs) (laughs) Nicholas Cage just spills it right away. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, digression. What I was saying, what I was saying is that, like, I just, I think, (laughs) I think that, I think everyone was sort of talking about like the kind of doom and gloom of of the theatrical experience, and I I really don't see that happening. I think six months from now it's just gonna go back to the same i don't think i listened to some lady fucking go off to her kid that they were not gonna pay 30 dollars to see raya on disney plus like they were just furious about that i think six months from now you know maybe movies will kind of come out but like i'm going to fucking go to a theater to see mortal Kombat. i don't i i'm i'll die to go see that in a theater you know what i mean (laughs) like i'll die but it's just like these movies every every you few beat years, Goro and the final boss is just COVID. You're like, no, <laughs> fatality. I'm back. He doesn't know that I'm vaccinated. Like, oh, that's your secret right. fatality. <laughs> All your Republican viewers just turn the thing off. <laughs> they know I'm from Indiana, so it's cool. I'm coming. I'm like to a blade. I walk between the political worlds. I'm a political <laughs> day walker. <laughs> no, but I mean. Like my thing I miss, I don't miss like going to AMC to see like a fucking Aladdin. Oh, I like do. if that disappeared. I mean, I have kids, so I'll never escape that. But if that disappeared, I, I wouldn't give a fuck. Right. But the thought of going like I used to go to this one screen theater in L.A., the new art. Yeah. And they just show like weird ass. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. I'll go see Big Man Japan. Right. With like me and six weird guys. Like the yeah. thought of seeing this there. <laughs> On like, you know, oh, it's Friday night. I'll go watch this at the new art. Yeah. Like, that's the shit that, that that's never going to go away. And yeah, especially yeah. like a really fucking cool movie like this to hear like the sound on the big screen and all that. Like, yeah, this movie, I think I, my grandmother was a psychic. She was a hot fo- hotline psychic, right? She would work in her trailer and just smoke and do fortune telling all day. She would have said, I think I have her gift. She would have said, this will be a cult classic for sure. Agreed. I would literally bet of every movie I've had this talk <laughs> me and my friend I, he still won't pay me because it's soft boys like I fucking guarantee Prometheus will be the greatest cult classic of all time <laughs> and I still text him all the time and I was like still no and he's like you gotta give it a couple <laughs> more years but I was like this one I would take the bet on this will be a cult classic I agree. Don't, don't talk shit on yeah. Sir Ridley <laughs> hey i'm just gonna say that's yeah, the saddest we'll t- i've be ever sure been not to talk right? shit on a person who doesn't know how to turn left <laughs> i thought that was going to be the best movie ever so i'm a victim of myself right i saw the trailer and i was like it's impossible this won't be my favorite movie ever so i went in with that level of expectation and i got Griffey. less than that so that's on me that's on me <laughs> the other thing that this movie has in its favor is that like along with the whole you know it's it's a weird film that's super long and and the disney merger and all of that and the underrated thing that people will always say about it is that it came out in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and people will always say that they'll be like oh well no one saw yeah. it because there was uh, COVID. 
it was COVID. Yeah. No one went to the theater and saw it. The, the trailer debuted a week before the movie came out. They did not give a shit. In fact, they cared so <laughs> less about this movie. They cared so little about this movie that at the time, all of the remaining 20th century movies that Disney had began with 20th century studios. This yeah. still says Fox. <laughs> they didn't even pay to change that. They did not even fucking pay to change Fox to studios at the beginning of this movie. That they would have taken like six Raya buys and they're like, fuck that. <laughs> they didn't print posters. They didn't print posters yeah. for it. Like if you go, yeah. I'm like a big, I fucking hoard posters everywhere. And I, I try if, I try to get them and they did not print them. So it's like mm-hmm. this fucking movie got shafted. And like, I yeah. think, look, man, the power of Twitter can do anything like if you if you if you get enough angry nerds together, they can bully Warner Brothers into doing just about anything. So like, <laughs> release the Empty Man on Blu-ray, <laughs> <laughs> but make it four by three for the Disney, love of God. Fuck you! <laughs> it's thirty dollars behind a paywall. Yeah, you just have dude, I'm telling fire. you, I'm telling you, this piece will exist within five years when someone's gonna write the remembering the lost year of cinema 2020. Yeah. And like these 10 movies most explain what it was like. This movie is about a viral outbreak that's going to destroy society. And someone, because I didn't know this was filmed so long ago, but I'm telling you, someone is going to write, some 16-year-old kid who's going to work at whatever site runs our lives is going to say, this is <laughs> this was made exactly because of the pandemic. <laughs> and it's going to have this huge thing. It's oh, going to yeah. be the 2020 movie. This is going to be like a big slash film article for sure. Like this yeah. will definitely be in there. But what's the other movie that's going to compete with this is like the best of the lost year? Yeah. Wow. Because I think the rest of them, like Candyman and all the movies I wanted, are just going to come out in 2021. Right. Most, not too many movies were just dumped. uh, Yeah. In 2020. Tenet was. Tenet, in a way. Yeah. But that was an experiment, though. Yes. You know, they were like, they were, they were experimenting. Like, can, can we do this? You know, who will, who will come to this movie? Yeah. The Um, answer was no. Not a lot of people, um, but like to your point, Josh, about uh, the theaters returning overseas, they seem to be, um, yeah. you know, and so I, I, I also believe that that, that will, will continue because there's just too many people who love it. There's just too many people who love it. And like, yeah. I, I miss, I really miss like for forever, I would go to whatever movie was out Thursday night Me at too. 7 p.m. And I really miss just doing that. It didn't matter what the movie was. I just miss having that to do. Um, you know, like going on some website and being like, "What? Well, it's VOD this weekend. That sucks. Like, that's just <laughs> like yeah. that's, you know, I miss having. Well, then you're a like, really... is it three dollars, five dollars, twelve dollars, twenty five dollars? I miss having a really convenient thing to leave the house for. Like that yeah, was the thing do. that I miss the most about going to the movie theaters is that I knew no matter what was going on. Like, my, for instance, like my wife and I, like we had the kid. I'm like, well, if we don't want to go out to dinner, we can at least go see a movie. Like, yeah. those are like the kind of things that I like about it. Is like, and to like we were talking, I, I think a couple of days ago, I saw something pop up about Movie Phone, and I was or um, Movie Pass. Sorry, <laughs> oh, I was like, well, and that's even sadder. Not movie, phone, movie Pass. <laughs> and Griffey and I were just like going back and forth, like lamenting, like the summer of Movie Pass might have been yeah. the greatest summer. Well, because I had my second kid and my mother-in-law lived with me for three weeks. So I saw that fucking Winston Churchill movie like four days in a row. I was just <laughs> like, I got to get the fuck out of here. There, 
there's Dude. there's the thing is my local theater has like not sh- it shut down for that first month yeah and then it reopened over the summer and it's sort of just been playing like over the summer there was like a summer series where it like played all the harry potter and all the matrix and all the indiana jones so that was cool but then like as soon as September hit and they were like the theaters are back open but it did that didn't happen now that my theater just plays like fucking ifc movies so like That's right awesome. now it's like it's like, well, I could I could go see my Salinger year. Uh, <laughs> oh. Better buy it before. Is, better buy it in advance. <laughs> I just this 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 week is gonna be such a and you know my movies in IFC, I love them, but like some movies just don't require the theatrical experience. And this week in particular, I think is gonna be interesting, and it's gonna be the first like quote unquote test because Godzilla versus Kong. That like yeah. I think you're going to see some big fucking numbers um, this, this week and big by, I mean, you know, I think it's going to broach 20 million where yeah, like, yeah. like, like last I'm week, I'm getting or two my weeks vaccine ago. the day that opens. <laughs> I was yeah. like, am I just going to go right. right there with my six year old? <laughs> but dude, I, it'll never die. The theater's not fucking going any. I mean, if anything, it'll make the theater stronger that like you said, maybe they'll play shit. People actually want to see. Like some here's things they good, won't waste time on. Prometheus. Here's a good, here's a good example. Prometheus. Don't um, start with that. Here's a, here's a good example. Drive-in theaters have been around forever, but they also were kind of like dying and like, you know, they would get shut down. In Ohio, I have one 20 minutes away. There's another one 40 minutes away. I go to the drive-in fairly often, actually. Last year, drive-ins were insanely profitable because oh, yeah. I was like oh shit I can just stay in my car and watch movies I, last year I saw Jaws and Jurassic Park back to back at a drive-in it was amazing a perfect drive-in uh, double feature and so they're still here drive-ins are still here yeah. like your traditional there even if like let's just say by some miracle Regal AMC Cinemark all these places just died there's always going to be people opening art house theaters independent mm-hmm. theaters there's always going to be people trying to to preserve that. In, at least in our lifetimes, the theater will not die. Um, but, you know, the people who are going to stream or torrent movies, they're always, they're just going to do that. They're not going to, and that's fine. Yeah. Stay at home. I don't need you yeah, on your Good riddance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I also the people that ruin the theater experience, I am totally yeah. fine with them staying home. Well, especially exactly. a movie like this, right? If I went to see Empty Man in a non-pandemic year, there'd be like three teenagers in front of yes. me trying to get hand jobs. Yep. And taking selfies with the screen, and you're like, you can do that at your house. Get the hand job in your basement, and let Earlier me come here and watch the fucking empty man, dude. I'm telling <laughs> you, at like La, a- La Liorna, La Lorna, La Liorna, this La fucking Yorona. girl La kept trying to time it and take selfies with a flash when La Lorna oh. was on the screen, <laughs> and then oh, she would no. take time out to jerk her boyfriend off. And I was like, well, this is better than the movie, but what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! So if those horrible. kids stay home, that's fine with me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like a more viable actual future potential is like shorter theater uh, lifespans for movies, you know, yeah. like a 45 day window and then HBO Max or you're in theaters for a month and then Amazon Prime, whatever. Yeah. I think that's a more viable thing that might actually happen. Totally. Yeah. Like a 45 instead of like, and I mean, cause it is, it's fucking annoying. Like it was fucking annoying with the empty man in October to having seen this and then it had to wait the traditional 90 day window to just be like, all right, people like just watch the movie. <laughs> you know Freaky. what that reminds me of Josh? That what? reminds me of seeing split at the AFI fest. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, I saw split. Okay. 
so I know the ending of Split. Fuck you, Chris. And I saw it at Fantastic Fest. <laughs> yeah, you did. Month, you saw it. It was a month you before. You did, and yeah. Shyamalan comes in. Faster. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. us peasants saw it with teenagers jerking off at the Yeah, <laughs> saw it with a couple of guys with their cell phones out taking selfies. So, you know. Fucking oh, James McAvoy's shirtless body. <laughs> Shyamalan came out me. and was, was like, he, he, he was like the fucking, the twist of the movie, this crazy twist that has made everybody silent. He's like, please don't tell anybody. And the movie doesn't come out for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I, I'm the biggest motherfucking Unbreakable fan. Like I'm absurdly into Unbreakable, okay? Like, like stupidly into Unbreakable. And I'm sitting there at the AFI Fest literally like as as james newton howard's unbreakable theme starts to play i'm sitting next to the to uh this this guy and i'm like oh my fucking god and i like grab him and i'm like oh my god and he's like what it's what's what i'm like just wait it's coming i know exactly what happens and so like <laughs> halfway through the movie yeah. he's like i gotta get out of this theater <laughs> i gotta run away from this guy <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, he was my friend. I knew who he was. But oh, okay. I thought you grabbed a yeah. random stranger. No, no, no. no, no. God, that is. It was not like really a citizen. Was, I was hoping it was like just that a Tommy citizen. boy. Like, I wish we'd known each other. This is a little awkward. <laughs> right. No. So, like, it, again, like, like you said, you saw Empty Man, and then you couldn't tell anyone. You couldn't like. You felt like I you were like Twitter. out on a limb you felt like you were out on a limb though yeah. like hey guys like this movie's kind of neat you should see it and I'm like yeah whatever it failed it had I a just, 46 it has a 46 percent on rotten it didn't it Don't didn't you know chris it, it didn't it did not at the time it, i felt like a fuck <laughs> i felt like everyone just thought i was being an asshole because at the time for some reason there was only like two or three or i think there was six just enough to wow. have a rating and it had wow. an 11 percent so oh, it had God. a fucking 11% and I was like this is the best this is my favorite movie of the year and 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 I just thought that people thought I was fucking around with them. <laughs> it was like yeah. no, it was super satisfying to watch it come out on VOD and then like, you know, still it's still not hasn't been reviewed a ton, but it you know, it's gone from an 11 to a 50. I, I think made it, it a 50 today. Today I made it a 50. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, I keep seeing it on Twitter, right? The people are like, I'll give this. I keep hearing about Empty Man. I'll give it. And then the next tweet. Oh, my God. Empty Man kicks ass. Yeah. But like a bunch of people said like me, they're like, I went in blind. I haven't seen shit. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I just either. I feel like this is going to going to be like a big one. And I think it will yeah. be tied to this pandemic year in a way that will help it. Yeah. You know how like the wretched came out and they're like the wretched won the box office for 16 weeks in a row because it was the only thing at the drive it's right, the wretched yeah, right. got a ton of run that it never would have seen exactly. if not for this and i think empty man in a weird maybe not super fulfilling way for the director is going to have an advantage from that mm-hmm. yeah that will 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 help propel it a lot I know that like technically, like on paper, you don't want to be the filmmaker who makes the movie that doesn't make its money back, that that gets thrown away like this. But like to be the filmmaker that earns the respect of people who actually then be do what the marketing was supposed to have done. Because like that's what yeah. we're doing, you know, and no one's asking us to. So like that's what you want. You want people to like kind of like get behind your movie and, and be the people who push for it. 
and and the fact that it doesn't have to wait 10 years because like most like like that comment you know most cult classics sort of take 10 years to do that sure this seems to be happening now and and it's a it's a reason why i sort of have been like you know screaming to the heavens and every every person i know it's like watch this thing because i really think I would love to like go to Fantastic Fest or go to any of these things next year and have a bunch of people be like, fuck, did you, did you see the empty man? Like, it's awesome because you know, I can see like... Fantastic Fest reprogramming it and just showing it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's going like, to be plays... a midnight movie for a long time for sure. Plays at the new bit, the new Bev. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It just should. imagine I mean, you're like, Hey the... dudes, it's Friday. We can have an edible and go watch this movie. And by the time they start the movie an hour in, <laughs> we'll be tripping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think this will be a perfect experience for midnight movies. I I yeah, don't know. I, I honest to God, I, I would not have watched it. Except for you're like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? I was like, ah, we'll get an episode out of it if nothing else. I, it I fucking just blew me away. <laughs> really worth a watch. You guys really like, you guys like weird shit uh and and chris likes weird shit and i was like let's just talk about this weird <laughs> shit <laughs> quickly getting high in a theater like i have the, the most terrifying story my when i first moved to la i was there for kind of like a year and then my girlfriend moved from wyoming to la with me and so she had only been in la for i don't know a couple weeks and i made her i made her we like it was when uh kevin kevin smith's tusk came out and they had like <laughs> yeah they had strains of tusk weed that you could buy at dispensaries one was called walrus yes and the other one was called that guy Mr. never fucking misses a marketing beat never no. <laughs> so we we bought a ton of it and and we went and we went to the amc 16 in burbank and we hid in the in the in the, in the uh, parking garage and we got stoned out of our minds and went to go see tusk at like 10 p.m <laughs> And, and in the middle of the movie, some guy had a stroke. Oh my god! <laughs> and they sh and they shut the movie off, and the paramedics had to come in and take him out. And and we, I mean, we were tripping balls. And yeah, <laughs> wow. So yeah, you can't you can't replicate that in your house. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my terrifying. biggest mistake was yeah, I got high and went and saw the Antichrist movie. Oh shit! And I was just like, oh. "Oh my god, I didn't know that could happen to penises." They're smashing his balls. <laughs> you know I, mean? I was like, "Good lord!" <laughs> it was a horrifying night at the movies. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Anyone else? Any closing words on the Empty Man, guys? Watch it. Oh my god! Yeah, just check out the movie. Have an open mind. Don't uh, you know? It, forget about the title. Forget about the fact that it sounds like a generic creepy pasta movie. Uh, be open to a longer film to, you know, set, set some time to pay attention to it and, and know that, that like, you're not going to get concrete answers. You know, it's not going to yeah. be like, here's what the movie is. Here's the big reveal. It's just a very open ended, like this experience that feels like it can evolve and change. And it has so many different interpretations. It's, it's just the kind of filmmaking that I want to see more of. I want to see more people with like real fucking set of iron balls that like make horror movies like this. And they don't care about, what other people say about it they just they put it out there and it's it's, oh, it's yeah. really inspiring Agreed. put yeah. your bone whistle on the table and let it go <laughs> let, let charlotte gainsburg smash your balls oh! <laughs> Woo!
Dude, that was a night. That was a night. I was like, I'm going to sleep on the couch. I don't want to be next to my lawyer. <laughs> I, what, I, what I would say about this too, guys, if you haven't watched it somehow and you're fucking listening to the end of this, I don't know. Uh, this is yeah. one of those movies I really like because it's, it's pretty rare. I feel like people watch movies very passively, right? Yeah. Like we're all kind of like watching a movie, but like we're doing other stuff, especially in pandemic. We're always multitasking. This is the one I enjoyed it so much more the second time. I just was like, I got to shut my phone all the fucking way off. And it it's such a diff. It's one of those rare movies where I'm like, you really do gain a lot more that way. Right. And it sounds absurd because, yeah. you know, film snob bros are like, you got to fucking watch every frame of every. You're like, I get it. I don't have to see every fucking frame of, you know, whatever. Wreck it. Ralph two or whatever. Right? But like <laughs> this, one, this one, there's so many and they could all be kind of false, false starts. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the cool thing is to just get totally lost and let your mind go nuts on these various loose threads. So yeah. that would be my plea is if you have watched it once, watch it again and absolutely shut the world out, which is very pay rare for, for all of us. Yep. Rent it, pay, pay for it, yeah, talk about it. it, Yeah, review <laughs> it. If you don't like it, don't review it. We'll... <laughs> Especially if you're certified on Rotten Tomatoes. I will. I will... <laughs> the children from the brood, the brood, will come and kick the shit out of you if you make the Rotten Tomatoes score go lower. Josh is gonna bring his girlfriend's sister, her brothers, to come kick your ass. Yeah. Subject them to some more nonsense. <laughs> on Josh's point, I don't. I don't want to like elongate your podcast. So I need yeah. like, but on Josh's point you about go. pay for it. I just want to say one thing about pay for it. So I made this this video about it, and I'm and, and I wanted to to get uh, a copy of the film to show to show clips from the film. So I buy the movie on Amazon Prime. It's the only play, It's the only way to buy it. So I, I'm like, all right, I bought it. I feel not like a dick torrenting it. So I look for a torrent of The Empty Man so that I can put the footage into my review. I look for a whole day. Every single torrent is cropped pan and scan 16 by 9. Oh my god. I don't know why. The movie is in 235. The movie is in 235. <laughs> Every torrent I find is cropped pan and scan. No idea why. It's like I'm in 1997. So what I do <laughs> is I actually have to I actually have to find some like uh, sketchy screen capturing software to play my <laughs> Amazon yeah, yeah. To play my Amazon like <laughs> thing in 235, screen capture my screen. Thing is, it won't go above 480p. No <sighs> fucking idea why. So I have in my review a screen captured 480p rip of The Empty Man simply because I cannot bear the, the thought of showing the, 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 the cropped version in my review. But <sighs> so don't torrent the movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> Pay for it so you can get the 235 shots. <laughs> Jesus, H. I mean, technically, the empty man got his message out through a coma guy. So, like, you know, <laughs> however you get it, like the messenger is not as important. <laughs> also, if you're, if you're directing a movie and you have the ability to put like a, a, a young, attractive actress in a baby doll dress with oh my uh, God. latex <laughs> gloves, crazy, like just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it. That's the next creepy pasta <laughs> movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. changed all of my scripts retroactively to feature this. So. 
This is that classic, uh, yeah, they reboot Wishmaster and it's just you being attacked by bull-cutted <laughs> white dragons. And he's like, I knew I should have taken it careful. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, uh, well, yeah, thank you guys so thank much you for so uh, much, making guys. the time. We really appreciate it. Lobo, it thanks good. for foisting this on all of us. It was excellent, yes. man. Worth it. Yeah, you are the use. perfect empty man messenger, I guess. Just you're a, a tulpa. poor idiot. Yeah, you're a tulpa. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch you movies receive, ironically. We receive, you, you transpond. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's fucking Twitter. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much for making the time. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. <laughs>